Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. It's that time of the week again. The Rugby League rant, fifth and last. Put on your headgear, chuck in your mouth guard and get ready for an hour of nothing but NRL talk. And we are back at the halfway point of the NRL season boxhead and exciting times ahead. Origin is on our doorstep. Half the season is down. Uh, a bit of an up and down weekend, as always, in the NRL. Things have been very, very close all the way through, but uh, things start to define or, I suppose, pan out a little more consistent at the halfway point. We're seeing a couple of teams starting to fall over a little bit or struggle. We're seeing the, the cream rise to the top. And as always, there's a few teams in between who we're not quite sure about just yet. Absolutely, yeah. So um, usually we have a pretty good picture by this time of the year, but this year's been a, a very much an outlier. I reckon we've got probably the top four nailed down and probably the bottom four, but that middle eight, there's a lot to to be played out over the uh, the next 12 games. But as you said, halfway through, that's flown. And the best time of the year is upon us. Love Origin. Yep, completely agree with you there. And we'll jump in now to our set of six brought to you by Nepean Boltmaster. Nepean Boltmaster, a complete fastening system supplier with their main office in Penrith. They also have another one at Seven Hills and cover all of your trade needs. They boast the largest range of fasteners and associated products, not only in the region, but throughout the state. But there's a lot more to the Boltmaster than just fasteners. They also have industrial and engineering products, abrasives, hand and cutting tools, lifting materials, handling products, safety and cleaning products, paints, and general hardware. They provide total needs sourcing for all trades associated with construction, engineering, and all industry segments. www.nepbolt.com.au Tackle number one in buy to the Tigers. We were hearing about it today. It is a done deal. So the fire sale somewhat beginning at the Bulldogs. And as said before, when they came out and said, we would not be contributing to any wages, they're liars, they need to give themselves a triple. When you put yourself in a situation like this, the only way out is to contribute to the wages and the only way out of it is to try and sell better players, which Mbai is, along with probably Jackson and Clemmer, one of their top three that would be the easiest to sell. And in this situation, uh, the deal I'm sort of hearing is that for the next couple of years, they're contributing maybe about 250 and the Tigers are going to take up about 500 maybe a little bit more. Yeah, I heard that. That's exactly what I heard. 500 and 250 for the dogs, so... Got no reason to doubt the sources on that one. And, yeah, as you said, the fire sale has begun. It's I think it's going to be a long road now for the Bulldogs there. It's talk now. They're shopping Aaron Woods around as well and some other players. And the thing is, they're not going to have a choice here. It's a buyer's market. You need to give up players that other clubs are wanting to sign. You can't just shell and fleece yourself of um, players that you don't want. Mm-hmm. So... That's the difficult part for the Bulldogs. And they're, they're struggling at the moment to keep their head above water to, to win games, and their roster's only going to get weaker. Yeah, and I think... Now, in... I, I don't know whether they're going to be able to flip some of these bigger-name players and get in some young, promising players. Like uh, Christian Crichton's a good signing for them. That's good. 
and he'll give you money uh, value for money, depending obviously what he's on. But yeah, it's, the, it's tough. The big thing is what I've said many times throughout. People are angry right now with the club in general, but you've got to understand it's a as previous a fan, administration. Previous admin, previous coach, previous CEO. So they've got brand new people at the helm that are doing the right thing at the moment. Mm. But the situation is so dire. And much like Dean Payne, people already questioned him. There's nothing he can do. He's handcuffed to the situation. The fact that he was D- willing... Dean Pay is the new Nathan Brown. Basically. That's He's where, the new Nathan, that's, Nathan that's Brown. But yep. it's, it's even harder for them with the situation they're in. And Gus Gould summed it up with the Penrith fire sale. Uh, realistically, if you want to get out of it quickly... Or the quicker way to get out of it is to sell your best players. So they're saying, we don't want to sell Jackson, Clemmer, and Buyer. Well, guess what? They're the ones that buyers want. And if you've got them on heavily back-ended deals and they're going to hamstring you for the next four to five years because there's other big contracts like Forens, like Woods that you're not going to be able to get rid of, cannot be moved, well, then guess what? There's only one way out. Yep. Penrith did it with Luke Lewis. They did it with Michael Jennings, uh, Lachlan Coote, etc. Any of those guys yep. at the time that were on big deals. They did suffer for a couple of seasons and they became a development club, which we know the Bulldogs were at one point. But when, again, when Des Hasler got there, mm. that went out the window. Junior development went downhill. This year, though, uh, we were involved with Harold Matz. They had not a bad side. And in the SG ball, they made the grand final. Mm. So for a team that's kind of flatlined for a few years in those areas and also the 20s, they've got, um, there's two they've got good a good crops. kid, Willie Talao's son, Tommy Talao. He's going to be... From what I've seen over the last three years, he's he's got star written all over him. You know, I don't, I don't want to, yeah. You know, he's only an eighteen-year-old kid. I think he's just been picked in the New South Wales side. So, um, if you're going to get on and watch the live stream next week, I, I advise that you do, and you'll get a look at some of the young superstars coming through New South Wales. But he's definitely one that I've had an eye on over the last three years, and yeah, um, quality footballer. Plain and simple, though, you don't make the SG Ball Grand Final by mistake. No, so you don't. hopefully for them, it's going to take a couple of years. But there's a crop coming through. The 16s, I think, finished top four. Uh, and maybe made the final four, maybe not. But no, they, I think they got knocked out. I think five uh, or six. But yeah, they, yeah, they got knocked out in the second week of the final. So, so realistically, they're starting to get a pathway going in, which they always had and they need to have. Yeah. Um, and the Aaron Woods one, we're here in Cronulla. Well, they improved because we beat them in a trial. We, yeah. didn't, we didn't make the eight. We, we, well, we beat them quite convincingly in, in the trial. Yeah. Like their best side and their, their second side, like a lot of kids they would have cut. Mm. But um, I heard along the grapevine that they had a lot of kids. They brought a lot of kids they made in. Some changes. So, yeah, so, they brought some kids in from New Zealand and they're getting back external. So they're getting back to what Penrith did, being a development club, which is going to help them in the long run. Yeah. Um, and on the other side of that, we mentioned it before. We won't spend a lot of time, but Aaron Woods being shopped, Newcastle interested, Cronulla potentially interested, but they're not going to pay anywhere near as much. And being a more powerful club, uh, as you'd expect, they've got more bargaining for Newcastle, less so. But at the same time. They're not just going to bend over for the Bulldogs and take a big part of it. They're still talking that potentially they have an $800,000 contract. They're only willing to take half of it. So if they can pick up a front row like that for 400000 and have the another club contribute four hundred, yeah, good on it. Oh, them. if you can get Aaron Woods for four fifty, you're laughing. Yeah, given the market value right now per head for the 27 being about three forty, if you spread that money out evenly that's left over, it'd be yeah. a good signing. But um, If I'm the Bulldogs, I'd be willing to pick up two hundred of it, but no more. Yeah, Someone would have to pick it Woods up for 700 I think. That's one of the things, I guess, now they're not really in the luxury pos- uh, position to do so, we, given what has happened. Mm-hmm. So uh, the fire sale has begun. We'll see how that situation plays out. Tackle two. Uh, there's been murmurs, and we've heard it for bits and pieces. Everyone's probably heard about it, that Corey Norman, Brad Arthur, Mitchell Moses, whether those two don't get along or their relationship between Arthur and Norman's always been quite interesting. Um, but apparently they've had a good relationship, but things have maybe started to break down or some of his off-field stuff or just him in general started to wear down, but dropped this week. Was playing 5-8 all year. Fullback last week, I actually thought he played pretty well. 
at one this week. He's not in the 21 at all. I haven't read anything about injury. So all the talk about him being, you know, shopped around or potentially on the outer or talking to Canberra and Ricky Stewart or God knows where he wants to go, uh, it's pretty damning given, like I said, I can't find anything or really haven't heard anything this week if he's just out of the 21 completely. Well, that's what it looks like, doesn't it? That's exactly what it looks like. So Whether this is a, a fire starter just oh. for one week or whether this is a sign of what is potentially going to happen, regardless of what people think about off-field, he had a really good year a couple of years ago. Last year, before Moses got there and he was in control, he was very good the first half of the season. Do mm. I find it weird that a grown 27, 28-year-old man can't seem to work in with somebody else? Is there a problem there? Is there a problem in maturity? Is it the off-field stuff? I don't know. But I've seen enough of his football to know that if I was a club, I'd be very happy to have Corey Norman. I think he's wearing the shit for the fact the forwards can't go forward. I'm not sure <clears throat> what anyone can expect out of Parramatta's halves. I don't disagree. They're not with playing great. No, don't get, but I don't disagree. They're, they're only allowed to do what the forwards create time for them to do. They're under constant pressure. Their forwards are never winning the middle. They're not getting any ruck speed. They're not getting much field position. So it's yeah, it's it's for me. It's it's got to be frustrating for for Corey Norman. And if Brad Arthur's pointing the gun at his halves, then you know he needs to rethink where he's where he's putting the blame. Well, that's why I find weird because I listened to Triple M Saturday NRL and if anything, he seemed happy with the role that Moses did being the dominant seven with Gutson just running and thought Norman was quite good at the back. I think moving Norman to one was a cop-out. That was ridiculous. Like, he almost won a Dalian medal playing at six. Mm. You know, six is his position. To move him to fullback is craziness in my opinion. I thought he was pretty good at one, to be honest. I get it, but... but 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 why? Why? Like, Gutherson's been great at one. I think Norman's your six, Moses is your seven... Well, that's and I mean. make it work. Kind of talk that they those need two don't work together. They need some front rowers. One of them want to run the steer the ship, and the other one wants to be in control, etc. And it... Jack Gibson always said it: you cannot avoid the middle of the field. Mm. You can't avoid the middle of the field as much as you want to. You can't avoid it. You know the dragons to me were the side on the weekend tried to avoid the middle of the field yeah. against Penrith. They, they tried to shift off, slow play the balls. Yeah. We'll get into that later, but yeah. that's Parramatta every week this year. Yeah. And look, I I had Parramatta in my top four. I think you did as well. Uh, we both expected good things of it, but we've whiffed on it. We've absolutely whiffed yeah. on it. We both whiffed on it. Everyone we, we didn't, we didn't look. We didn't look hard enough into Parramatta's forward pack. I think. I think Parramatta. We've got their. We've read their roster wrong. That's on us for reading their roster yeah. wrong. I think the Cowboys is a form thing. They, they don't really have any excuses. No, they've got no excuse. But I also think we don't like to look into the draw. But a lot of people have brought up that last year. Even we did question the forward pack on the run in how they got to where they got to. Yeah. A lot of people brought up something like 10 of their last 12 games. They played no top eight sides, yeah. though. And, you know, it's, it's... The draw's right. Talking about the draw, I don't get it. Yeah, well, it's it's interesting. So mm. watch this space, I guess. But Corey Norman, uh, the talk earlier on in the year was that Ricky and the Raiders were interested. So if Blake Austin went out the door and Corey Norman was available, I'd be very happy as a Raiders fan to pick up Corey Norman because yeah. I know what Caesar does very well, kicking control things, and that would let Norman take full control. He'd happily steer the side to let Norman pick his moments. Yeah. So I, I don't know. Tackle three, the Bellamy-Bennett uh, situation. We obviously talked about it a little bit last week, but there's been more developments. Everyone seems to have an opinion here. First things first, it was Wayne gave his blessing and he had the board meeting. Then I heard the opposite, that he went in uh, and wanted to talk to them about moving into 2020 and beyond. And they told Wayne that they wasn't going to be a contract beyond 2019 and mm. that they were interested in talking to Bellamy. 
So is he trying to spin it in the way that he's given it the tick of approval? Paul White, we all take as a pretty honest bloke, and everyone said the same thing. He came out and said they spoke to Wayne as well. Mm. Uh, but whether it was on the terms that Wayne's trying to play it out to be or whether it was on the terms that some of the media are talking about. Someone's lying. That Wayne Bennett was told that he wasn't going to be Someone's there lying. 2020 and beyond. Someone's lying. Um, all I can say is this is now a very awkward situation. You have a good young roster, some very good young forwards, a lot of people that are off contract, a few that have said they'd want to play for Wayne Bennett. I'm sure they'd still like to play for Craig Bellamy, but there's a lot of factors that play into this now. Mm. Do well, they move him? Is Craig Bellamy going to have a year off? I don't think he will. Will they get rid of Wayne Bennett? I think they would pay him out, but I do they want the bad press and the hype that comes with that? I don't know. But is this whole situation there's zero untenable? Chance of that. There's so much history there. There's zero chance of that happening. I think this situation could become untenable. Though, That's the only the way I think that it works. But for me, I just can't see it happening. I can't see if I had to, if I had a thousand dollars to bet and I could I could move it around in any way any way I could any way I was allowed to move it around. I would have all of it on Bennett coaching there next year. Mm-hmm. All right, all of it. Well, all I can and say, that, that, like what you're saying, I think is true. I think it may get to the point where it's untenable, but this is now a PR situation for Brisbane. Sure, because you, I tell you what, they're in they're in a, they're in danger here, right? Of missing out on both, and what I mean by that is is yeah. that Craig Bellamy says no, and then at the end of next year, Bennett says ta ta, no, and then who are they going to end up with? Kevy Walters. Well, that's the situation I'm looking at right now, thinking that. So, would you rather have they, Bennett or Walters? I'd much rather have Bennett. They don't want that situation from everything they're talking about. They want an established. But what I'm coach, saying so. is okay. So at the moment, they're they're basically saying to Wayne. Look, we'll give you next year, but you're not going to have a contract in 2020. However, I get the what feeling. if they wait yeah. and Bellamy says, I'm not having a year off? Then Paul White's got a decision to make. He either goes back on his word mm-hmm. or he he ends up holding his hat and he doesn't have either coach. Well, I think the only other way it works out is they potentially, if they miss Bellamy and he signs for another two or three years in Melbourne, sees out the back end of Billy Slater, Cameron Smith, the transition of Munster, You're going to have a Bromwich, etc., that they re-sign Wayne Bennett and go back on that side of things because no one else really knows bar the back. Wayne won't stay. I reckon he Wayne, will. I reckon, if I don't they think told him you'll get two more years to see that through for that transition, I, I think, think they might. I think last week, Wayne Bennett looked a shocked man. I don't I think, think he wants I to leave think Brisbane, he thought, I, I really honestly think he thought that he would choose the day that he finished up at Brisbane. I agree with you. But I think if they said, you know, they don't want to stop gap and for the next two years it's still your job Man. after, I think he may stay, even though it is a very awkward circumstance. But I think on the flip side of it, we're talking all about what could happen in Brisbane and going the other way. If Melbourne were to lose Craig Bellamy and have Cameron Smith only stay for one more year or Billy Slater retire at the end of this year, Months is off contract, and apparently he's interested to see what Bellamy's doing. There's a couple of guys that have re-signed. But at the end of the day, if you lost Munster, Smith, Slater, all in a short space of time, McLean, uh, Harris, Proctor in the last couple of years, international forwards, all up and packed up and moved out, mm. there's a massive cloud over the storm. Huge. No pun intended. And then the question Huge. is right there, do you have the confidence in the assistant, Adam O'Brien, who's been there for a long time now? They've locked him up. They've locked up football manager Frank Panisi. Is he the man? to take things forward, because this is not just signing a coach. This is signing the leader, the culture, the fabric, like the whole foundation of what the storm is, is Craig Bellamy. And then on the flip side of that, I'm sitting there going, well, what's out on the market that could possibly come down there and bring this sort of figurehead? But mind you, it's an evolved figurehead that's changed over time and added more layers to it. 
the only guy that comes to mind, and scarily enough, a lot of people would probably be like, oh, and he can't even come close, is Michael Maguire for me. If you don't trust Adam yeah. O'Brien. He's a product of the system. He spent a couple of years there. He won that Super League comp. He went to Souths to me. He got the job done there. Did he refuse to change a little bit? Yes. Do I think he would learn from that mistake? Yes. And it shows in the way Souths are playing this year. There's only been a few small changes, and it's led to a bit of a resurgence. But I, as you know yourself, good coaches learn from their mistakes. And I think he's shown enough in the past winning those couple of comps and he's a product of that system and his core foundations and morals and standards and values would be very similar to that of what the Melbourne setup is and a Craig Bellamy. Mm-hmm. Can you ever replace Craig Bellamy though? No. Do I think that could potentially be the death of what has already been a struggle down in Melbourne? I reckon that's a legitimate comment to be made. That if Craig Bellamy left and those players retired the next 12 months and a monster one of the next big names in rugby league was to walk out the door that the Melbourne Storm would be in a very bad situation. Yeah. Man, I, and now Melbourne, they're in a similar situation. Do you do you give Craig Bellamy another year if he decides that he's going to go to Brisbane? And they've said they won't because they refuse to be treated. Well, have they? They said they won't be treated as a feeder club. Bart Campbell and the board... Well, I don't think they're... Said as a feeder that, club to who? To Brisbane? They're not going to feed for but 12 would months. You, would you much rather have him for an extra year? And than, transition. Yeah. But the problem is there, I think what they're getting at is if they're going to sign players, if they're going to try and sign yeah, Munster, okay. if they're going to do something. Well, no, you'd have to have co-coaches for that year. It you'd hinges. have to have whoever. If it's Adam O'Brien, Adam O'Brien then gains total control of the roster from the moment that Bellamy signs with Brisbane. That'd have to be all recruitment goes through Panisi and uh and Adam O'Brien. Bellamy would then have to be cut out of that conversation. And that's still awkward though for me for the players. Do they want to stay? No, because for I that? think I think in the end if Bellamy owns the shed, yeah. let Bellamy own the shed and the game plans, I think that works. And the training paddock. Yeah. Let O'Brien float around, do the assistant coaches stuff, but O'Brien and Panisi are dealing with all the recruitment. And I get that, but again, from the... No, no, but from my point yeah. of view, I get what you're saying. It's a dicey situation. From but, a GM's, GM's perspective, you would not want to risk that that situation be untenable and sabotage no, as no, well. No, no, but just for that one but player... For me, I, I don't think Craig Bellamy has a bone in his body where he'd want to sabotage Melbourne. No, I don't think he would either, but I think the only other club he would honestly ever think about coaching is the one that is Brisbane. offering the job right now. And people say, oh, money. It's got nothing to do with money. But I'll tell you what I'd love to see as a Titans fan... I'd love to see this fall over and I'd love to see a sack Garth Brennan and come in and go, boom, here we go, Craig Bellamy. I don't think he'd go to your mob though. And I, the reason why I was about to hey. get it, money is not the issue here. And people go, oh, it's money. He's the highest paid coach yeah, in the NRL no, no, right no. now. Please. This is the club he started at, the one where he got his first crack, a club that has unlimited third parties, and a big junior what? base, and a lot of stuff he hasn't had the luxury of having at Melbourne. He could not be at a more powerful <laughs> club and situation. I've heard all these dickheads and people going, they go, Craig Bellamy's never coached a real team. He's never done this and that. Look at all the Mocks that have played at Melbourne and played well above the standard. Cameron Smith was not wanted by Brisbane. Billy Slater wasn't given a run. He was a kid that came in on the wing who was erratic and nobody. And Cooper Cronk was not the halfback he was before he got to Melbourne. All these things happen under the coaching and tutelage of Craig Bellamy. Jesse Bromwich was given his marching orders basically after under-20s that if he didn't harden up and do what he needed to over the next couple of years, he wouldn't be playing first grade. Look at the front row he's turned into. Oh. Anything they've touched down there, whether yes, they've had a couple of guys that are immortals, but they didn't start immortals. They started yeah, because of what Craig Bellamy put into place. And mm-hmm. all the pieces around him that have gone off and floated elsewhere, look what's happened. And most that's why we say buy, beware, most of the time players leave. 
Tohu Harris is bucking that trend somewhat at the moment because he's a great individual talent. Yeah, I'm think, sure Jordan think, McLean um, will do so too. I think Cronk, Cronk's going good as well, getting better. Still don't think he's worth the million-dollar price tag. Well, but they can pay it. That's not a million on the cap. That's the thing. So, so it's the Roosters. <laughs> Let's talk about the salary cap. And you can take the Roosters and the Broncos out because they don't have a salary cap. End of the day, this is a very interesting situation it for is. both clubs, but that's just my two cents. I think there's serious consideration of going to Brisbane, and I can understand why, and it's not about money. This could possibly be... I also think there's a little bit of a rivalry there. Because of that... Bellamy, I don't care what anyone says. There are There is rivalry there is. in coaching. And since you he, love beating blokes who you don't like. But it all started. He gave me his first crack. He used to let him have a big part of it. And Gordon Tallis and all these guys tell stories. He was strengthening Connie's. He was number one. He recommended him. Yep. He went elsewhere. As soon as he left, what happened? As soon as they started to have success, Bennett throws shade on all these tactics and underlying comments about what Melbourne do on that and who's yep. been after him ever since. Every time we play Brisbane, Craig. why do you think the Storm go after Brisbane? I yep. think Craig Bellamy, every time they play the Broncos, will be tearing paint off the walls. Yep. You've got the 06 grand final that they lost to him. There's so much there, and there's it's still there, and it's going to keep going. But this is all the way back from what started as a positive, maybe turn to a negative. I don't take him as a spiteful person at all. Who? Craig Bellamy. Yeah, I reckon. But this, reckon this situation would be quite ironic in the end, though, if the, the successor to the man that basically built the Broncos is Craig Bellamy, the one who he gave the first sniff of life to, who was gone down and built this dynasty or this setup down in Are Melbourne. you going to start picketing again? Picketing Sack about Wayne. Sack Wayne. Like when he was at Newcastle. Yeah, well, he sacked hey, I was right. He sacked himself. Yeah, he he sacked I was himself. right. You don't yeah. have to agree with me, people, but I was right. He needed to go. <laughs> he ruined the club. Yeah. He went in there. He brought all the old dead wood, and he left him with a bunch of shit contracts that See apparently you, he forgot about this year and said he didn't do anything wrong. Wayne. He's a strange man. Oh, this situation. Mind you, the interview, him and uh, I don't know whether you saw it. but I've got it recorded with Ennis. It I was want, a cracker. I want to watch it. It I was an watch absolute it. cracker. So worthwhile yeah. watching if you haven't already. Uh, for those that have got Fox League. I'll put it this way. If Bellamy does, let's just hypothetically, this all pans out, they backflip, he signs, Bellamy's going there next year, where does Wayne Bennett end up? Because he's damn sure he's going to end up somewhere. <sighs> yeah, I don't know. What? How would, weird would it be if Melbourne swapped? No, nah, that won't happen. I don't think it will either. No, but if, happen. well. Won't happen, my friend. Parramatta, Brad Arthur. Is the Parramatta Eels? Good luck. That's where careers go to die. Poor old bloody, poor old Brad Arthur. Hasn't he been dealt a shit in? Yeah. All I can say is this is a very interesting situation. We're going to watch it with bated breath. We are. All right. Tackle four, because we're going hard here. Uh, New South Wales team, compared to what we named last week, I think we both said similar. Uh, we're only two or three players off, but we stated at the time. Cook or McInnes, we were happy either way. Uh, I said Jackson or Clemmer. Jackson missed out hard. Do I think he's hard done by? I think he's playing good enough, but... The best part about this team for the first time, we're all happy because it's in form. It's been picked for the right reasons. We're not giving guys second chances that are in poor club form and have failed there previously. And we've finally decided to go after Queensland instead of always picking a side to try and contain Queensland, which gives me the shit. For the first time, we are going for the jugular, as we should, and having some confidence in young blokes. And just plain and simple, that word again, form. Best footballers in the comp, playing the best teams, delivering week in, week out. I think this side is right on the money there. And there's question... The only two different spots I think we had, I had Kotrick on a wing instead of Trebojevic. I can cop the fact they picked Trebojevic there. Uh, it's the opposite side to what Kotrick plays at club. Is that a big difference? Well, if you want to talk about Fend, uh, carry the football, you know, etc. I don't think it's a massive deal. But at the same time, Tom came into the NRL on the wing, playing on that right edge. 
was it a couple of years ago? Yes. Does he bring a little, another dynamic of the fact that they can put him back at the fullback and interchange the way he plays and get him involved when his brother comes off the bench? Yes. So I can see that dynamic as to why Kotrick missed out. Jackson missing out for Clamour or Crichton, as you said, who'd come red hot the last month in particular. No problem with that. Um, McInnes for Cook was the other one that we said. No problem either way. They obviously think they're going to be able to bust up the middle and they're going to be able to take advantage of it. So they've gone with the more attacking nine. Yeah. I like the side. Yeah. I think Trent Merrin's the only one really that I look at glaringly and think, yeah, I think he's unlucky. But, you know, who do you, who misses out? Trebojevic, DeBellin, um, the, Paul Vaughan. You know, you know, the only one I feel bad for, but again, I... I think, I think Josh. I think you nailed it, Josh Jackson. Bloody well, hit. I was going to say Sims for me, Sims. and Crichton catching fire at the end. The only way I look at this is Sims was probably more consistent than Crichton he, across he, the whole. He was rounds. the hot prospect a couple of years ago. He had those injuries. It's taken a couple of years to get back to it, but he's now twenty seven, twenty eight. So I'm not yeah. saying he's on the outer, but I think they're looking at Crichton, saying this kid's a Tyro. He's something special. Why he doesn't probably play the middle like Sims can as well. And I think Sims is more of an enforcer. I think they're just looking at the age of 21 and 28 and saying, we'll go with him for now. But if anything went astray... And he's was... a bit of a freak. He's only got nine fingers. Yeah, exactly. Like, you want someone a bit scary in your team. I'm throwing it out there, though. If any forward goes down, I have no qualm bringing Sims in. Because the one thing that Sims brings to this environment that I love that he brings to club is he's an enforcer. He gives no fucks, just being pretty blunt and honest about it. And he yeah. really suits that arena. But I think he's the one I looked at out of all the players that have been playing well this season and in good form. That I was like, you know, 18th man probably stings him a little bit, but it's a very good side. And I'm happy. For I'm one happy of the first times in a long time, like you are, I'm happy with the side. Yep. I'm happy we picked the right halves. The back line, whether it's a risk or not, we've always picked to contain Queensland, which we shouldn't be doing. We should be trying to blow them off the park. This side here, risky or not, uh, errors or not, potential defensive risks, yes. We'll talk about this more next week because we're going to do our origin preview closer to the game. Mm-hmm. I'm willing to roll the dice with Freddie Fittler to have informed players, exciting players, the best players that we have available for New South Wales, wearing blue jumpers for the first time in probably a decade and things being picked the way they should have been picked. Love Whether it. the players were available before and we would have won those series, I don't care. Well, the problem is now. we've never yeah. picked the right players half the time yeah. and we've given guys reform and go, oh, we need to be loyal like Queensland. And we've said it a million times, what the fuck were we being loyal to? Yeah. We weren't winning. There's no loyalty to losing and shit culture and poor attitude. And Freddie has wiped that. Correct. So I'm, Can't argue with I'm him, happy with this team. Love I'm it. happy with Can't this wait team. Can't wait till next week. Queensland team. Uh, regardless of what anyone thinks, it's awesome for this fact of things as well. We have 11 debutants. They've got three, but they blooded eight last year. I, yeah. think, I think the only one out of the eight that's not playing again this year at the moment is Tim Glasby. So you've basically got 21 guys that are debuting or only one or two games into an origin career. So this is a new generation on both sides, which makes it a really exciting time. Absolutely. They've had 101 games of experience walk out the door in Thurston, Smith, and Cronk, which used to be the icing on the cake in all these close games and the difference in those moments. And we are now heading into a complete brand new direction for both states. Tim Glasby get picked? No. No. I don't have an issue with that. And I said last year that Cameron Smith and that had a big say in getting him in for the role that he did off yeah. the bench. And I feel now that he will lose that spot for that reason. Yeah. So, um, Queensland side of things, you got uh, Arrow debuting off the bench, uh, obviously. Uh, McCulloch debuting at nine. 
Yeah, well, I said last week I would have I would have put Ponga at fourteen and I would have played Hunt at nine, and I still stand by that. But I I did say that if they pick McCulloch, he's the obvious choice, and I don't have an issue with that either. Well, and Ponga, to be fair, probably had his worst game of the year on the weekend. The back line one to seven, we both agreed on. I think. Yeah, we or did. You had different halves, didn't you? You had Hunt at nine. So I, yeah, I had yeah. Hunt at seven. So but basically had, one to I, six. But said that they would probably go with McCulloch. Yeah. So. My only glaring thing, and I said my point of difference was I wanted more impact off the bench. So I still had Maguire in, but healthy. I had him playing front row uh, yeah. with Jared Wallace. And then I had Papali starting in the back row with Felice instead of Cooper. Cooper to me, similar vein to Scott, which is a bullshit comment to say, oh, he may be a bit older or like a Darius Boyd. And, uh, he's had an injury and he might get suspended, etc. If you're willing to pick Gavin Cooper at 33 years old, well, then there's no excuse for you not to pick Scott or Boyd. Don't sugarcoat it. Val Holmes has been playing better and he did a job for you last year. Yeah. Corey Oates is playing better than Darius Boyd at the moment and has been the best player at the Broncos. So there's two guys in front of Darius yeah. and they're both younger. And one's an incumbent Australian winger. So that problem's solved. Anyone can score tries outside Greenlands. No offense to Darius Boyd because he's been awesome while he's been in the side. But if I was outside GIU... I'm pretty sure most of us would do a pretty good job with him playing inside us. Yeah. Matt Scott, I can understand your perspective on it and a lot of people's perspective that he'd do the job for the 35, 40 minutes and they need a tough head. But I just look at that one and whether suspended or not, I think, again, 34, 35, retiring probably. Who's the bench prop? Uh, It is... Papali, I'm going to assume. Hess and Arrow. So Arrow plays a middle and Papali and Morgan. I would have picked Scott. If Scott and Scott, man, Scott's been there, done well, it multiple times. Would you? Have, you can, you can, you can talk all you want about his form at club, but he's like Nate Miles. You just know that. Give him a maroon jersey, and he's going to hook in. And he's been there for a very long time. I think that's a massive slap in the face to Matt Scott. Well, they've I, said I, that he's not done though. That he might get suspended. Which if he does, there's they. Okay, so they why didn't they pick him? And then if he got suspended, then well, have him out. That's, they said that, and the knee injury they didn't no, want. No, he's dropped him. He's I'm, dropped I'm, him. I'm with you. It's he's basically trying it's a, to soft That's a fucking it. cop out. But they're basically yeah, saying if, if we struggle in this next, if in this game, this and we is need what they someone. do. They try and smother dropping players. They've dropped him. Yeah, and they've dropped Boyd. Simple. If you think yeah. that New South Wales would have dropped a prop that's won them what eleven out of twelve series or whatever it is now. You're kidding yourself. So this, this, they just want to wear hats at different stages of Queensland um, hierarchy and the Queensland selectors. This is this is an absolute joke. Like they won the series last year. Okay, he's got a bit of a knee injury. He's obviously got the suspension hanging over his head, but they they still would have named twenty. How many times? How many did? How many times last year did Kevin Walters name just eighteen? I think only once. I'm pretty in sure game one, and then in the second two last two games, he only he named squads. Hmm. So why couldn't he even name a squad for this side, uh, for this game? Well, my, it's a cop out. They dropped thing... him. They don't think he's going well enough. So just be public enough and ballsy enough to say that. And well, look, I, I think for Matt Scott, I get that he's not going well enough. But I don't really look at the guys that have come in. Papali, okay. Jarrod Wallace, nah, okay. Josh Maguire, how many games has he played in the last month? Not many. No. Dylan Napa, I don't know. I just look at it and I go, well, okay, so you're saying he's not going well enough, but the other guys around him aren't going real well either. No, nah, my only thing is I'm more... And he's got the runs on the board. You need to own it, like you're saying, like I did last week when I bluntly said 34, 33, You wouldn't pick him, and, and we disagree on that, and that's nah. fine, but we've, bo- we've both nah, got reasons. Like we've got bo- both got reasons for and against, and we, we're um, happy to agree to, to yeah. agree to disagree. But I'm getting what you're saying but in the sense Darius that... Boyd, He's not going well enough no, either. And there's two wingers in front of him. But and that's the point. Yeah. The guys that are in front of him are going way better. Yeah. 
Well, I, I look at it plain and simple, and that's why I dropped Scott. But again, like I get where yeah. you're coming from. I wouldn't sugarcoat it like they are. Wallace has got a lot longer left in him. He does a steady job. Yeah. He doesn't blow people off the park, but you know what you're going to get, and he did the so job why last did, year. So why didn't they pick Glasby? Napa's a firebrand. Well, I think he's, like I said, I, I'm not going to sugarcoat it. He got a run to me but last Papali year. was playing reserve grade. Yeah, Three or four he's weeks been ago. Really, no, nah, that was like six weeks ago. He's been really good the last month, in my opinion, which is why everyone keeps bringing it up. I'm like, well, he's been one of Canberra's best since he's got back yeah, there. I, reckon, I, so. I, I just don't think there's a real standout gun prop role for Queensland. My main, front my for main Queensland. part of it was, like I said to you, I reckon if you've already blooded seven or eight, I keep it rolling. And yeah. with Boyd, I get it. And with Scott now, the only one I would have spared is the man but that is now... don't be half pregnant on that. No. And Do it for everyone. The man I'd spare is the one that is there now, GI, because I think he's got three years left or so. so. If we're talking about injuries and not playing that great, well, Billy Slater's got to fall into that conversation as well. I don't disagree. And I told you that I would have picked Ponga. I would have moved on. Not worried about the result of this year. See, and I disagree. I, I, I think Ponger on the weekend, that highlighted the fact that I don't think he's ready to start an Origin game. But I, I think I, his team, though, I certainly compared think for to the Queensland next, team. At least this series, you'd be doing him an absolute service for having him at 14 for this series. Well, he's going into the squad this week, and I agree with you there that he'll be with Billy Slater and ready to go for this year. camp learning. Yeah. And I dare say... Actually, if we win the first two games, Callum Ponga will start at fullback. That was the thing I was oh, going to question. No, he won't no. because Billy's playing. Farewell in Queensland. I, I think he'll be in the squad, but... Do you think they would... Put him on a wing? I kind of look at this two ways. Would you offer Smith, Cronk... Oh, sorry, not Cronk because he's already had it. Would you offer Smith, Slater, Thurston, etc., Scott, all these guys, game three in Queensland if you'd lost the series? Or would you not yeah, want to send them into that situation? No, I would. If they weren't playing well, if you'd lost the series nah, and potentially I, I think, ending on a bad note, if they did think work one more ever, time. I think you're ever going to see this record 11 out of 12. You won't. You're never, ever going to see that even gotten close to. As a, as, as a blue, I don't think it's even, like, again, is, if I'd love it it's to happen. It's an exceptional, unbelievable, all-time, crazy, it's the Dragons of the 60s and 70s record. Yeah. I'd, I'd, I'd roll out the red carpet for them and let them go. And I but tend to think... Would they want to do it that given... That they would win. You do? I tend to think they'd beat it. And that's my question. I think that... Well, we've been up there. How hard yeah, is it to win up there? But I think the way that some of them are playing at this point, if we... Oh, they'd live for that game, Obliterate maybe. them or do the job in game one or two, and I'm not saying we will. I'd, uh, I'd bring the band back together, my friend. It's dangerous, but we've been there for two deciders, and both times it's ended very poorly. Well, I've been there for four. There you go. Haven't won any. No. I don't have a big problem with this side. I'm happy with most of it. Obviously, the one exception, you like I said, you would have kept Scott. I was going to move him on purely yeah. on an age, but I wouldn't have Gavin Cooper. Let's move on. Yeah, so, and I agree with that as well. Uh, that's he's, probably he's the only one there He's the standout. So, and I dare say, like we said, Ponga will be in the squad or if not feature at some point, depending on how the results are. Last tackle in the set of six, halfway through the season. Uh, just some thoughts on how teams are going. Who is real? Who is fake? Uh, people that are maybes and teams... That may be done. And I can easily say right now that I think you'd agree with me. The top four in the Panthers, the Dragons, the Rabbitohs, and the Sharks, I would put all of them in the top eight. I've got top three. No I think qualm. Panthers, Dragons, Rabbitohs are the clear, the clear top three teams in this comp. Well, for me. And then I would have the Sharks, the Warriors, and the Storm with probably the Roosters in that mm. next group of teams who are. Be very surprised if they didn't make the eight. So that that pretty much to me halfway through locks in seven teams, and then I think you've got a group there: the Tigers, the Broncos, the Raiders, the Knights, and the Seagulls would probably be on the next tier. But look for me, 
from from the mainly say it goes with four and eight Titans four and eight dogs um, three and nine three and nine two and ten years I think I think everyone from four and eight down are gone. Well, I'll put make it more simple. Titans, I have already put the pen through. You haven't put the I, pen through mainly. Well, I was about to get to a couple. Dogs okay. and Titans are the first two I've penned. Eels as well. Uh, they've completely flopped. Yeah. That's done and dusted. And the Cowboys, those two that are 15th and 16th, everybody had basically in their eight. Yeah. They've both flopped. So those four teams to me are gone. all gone. Newcastle to me are gone. Pierce is out. The attitude on the weekend stank. As much as I love Ponga, he can't do anything without a forward pack and they have no direction. Well, whatever halfback. record they are now, they're going to have to flip. They're going to have to go seven and five. And it's not going to happen. Mm. So I think right there I'm willing to say five are done. But that's more realistic to me. I, I have more faith in the Knights going seven and five than I do the Seagulls going eight and four. I have more faith in Manly because they yeah, have okay, two exceptional front rowers, a yeah. good seven, and when Tom and Jake get back in, I look at the forward pack, I the think Pierce back, will be back in nine. a fortnight. I don't know. That's I, just what I think. I, I think it'll be too late, and I still think the forwards are slowly starting to wind things back. And those couple of older guys that have plugged in for a year, they have helped the kids, but I don't think they're going to stay. Aside for year. me, is the Raiders. And I was going to say, if we're if I'm going to be dead set, I had them in my eight, and mate, they should be. They're, they're five and seven. They should be at least seven and five. Eels, at least Eels, Cowboys, Dogs, Titans, and Knights. I'd be willing to say are done. I'd say there's a heartbeat. So you're saying there's ten teams left? I'd say there's an absolute. Flicker of a heartbeat, not much left for Manly because yep. they're going to need to go eight and four. Yeah, I think the Raiders blowing all those close games have also got a heartbeat. But my big thing with them, and I know you don't like the draw, but I've looked at it, it gets ugly. And after Origin, they've got the Panthers on the road, they've got the Warriors on the road, they've got the Roosters, yeah, they've but got I'd the Storm. Play all them during Origin as well. Yeah, I know, but they're not. They're going to be playing them afterwards. So I yeah. look at that and I'm like, well, if you can't get those close games, how am I supposed to trust? Agree, you? agree. The Tigers, on the other hand, but I just still think they're good enough. They're a good enough team to win those games. I think the Tigers and the Broncos are in the fight to get into the eight, yeah. but they are on the back end of it. I think likely. Uh, what, what what gets you in? Do you reckon a fifty fifty record gets you in? Twelve as usual, but four and against. Eighth at the moment, so eighth at the moment is seven and five. Mm. So that would say that if that's consistent again, it'd be fourteen wins you'd need to get into the eight. Well, it has been a bit top heavy this year. So, so. I'd probably say you'd have to aim for 13, 13 and well, 13, 11. 13 did it last year. 13 and 11. But this year there's a game. No, there's not a game. There's one buy less. But the one we separate on, I had Penrith in the eight, given all the drama. No, I, I, I didn't. I, I, I had a massive whiff on you that. You had I, South, so I didn't. Yeah, but Penrith for me was more the off-field stuff. Exactly. I, I, and look, for me, I won't retract from the no. fact that there was massive off-field drama. And Penrith can say, oh, look, you know, all the off-field drama wasn't going... There was stuff going on. Yeah. There was stuff going on. And but there I... was a huge blue between Gus and Griffin. Yeah. I know that for a fact. And okay? I stick by... But the way that that club has overcome that and overcome their injuries has been nothing short of spectacular. They've yeah. done a fantastic job, the Penrith Panthers. Unbelievable. Part of it comes back to what I said. I look at them and go, regardless of who's in charge... That's a top eight side and anything less. Mm. And to me, top four, I even said, would be a disappointment. I put yeah. them at seventh because I worried for the same reason. Off-field stuff, all the chatter. Yeah. Is the situation untenable? Are they going to make the change? Are they going to drag it out? And it's all played look, out they're to be still, they're still. We're only halfway through. Oh, I, I, I think. I think they, they're not going to they're miss in. the eight. They're not going they're to miss in. the eight. The Dragons, I stick by what I've said as well. I had them at bottom half of the eight, and I said that I like their starting 13, well, but where's I the had, bench? I had them up the top. I like the Dragons. Where's the bench and the depth? And on the weekend, again, they didn't want to use the bench. They've played the same starting 13 the whole time. They're going to get tired. A few have gone in origin. 
I still think they're definitely going to be in the eight, but I question whether they can maintain it for the whole year. And if you don't trust your bench, you need a bench to win the comp. Yeah. I don't think they've got a bench. I think Armour is the only player that they get real contribution out of and anyone else they don't trust. Yeah. The Sharks I'm higher on than you, and I've said it the whole time. All those pieces, all those pieces need to fit. They're starting to fit a little bit better. They've had injuries, they've had suspension, and they've constantly found ways to win games. They've won six in a row now. And the thing about it is the same thing every year. And I know you look at me and you hate when I say it, but if there's anyone that can just win a shit game of football, an uglier game of football, defend their line, defend their middle, and just drag you into a dogfight, it's Cronulla. I don't know if they can win the comp. I get it. They're a top four side. They're a top four side. I don't care unless you can win the comp. And for me, they are zero chance of winning the competition, the Cronulla Sharks. Zero chance. All right. That's my opinion. That's fine. And I'm with you. That's my opinion, man. But I have... I, I give them Buckleys to win the win the competition. Souths have been exceptional. They've turned one on. For my main reason for not liking Cronulla, that I've got massive questions over the nine. You don't like Braley? I like him, but I think he's, he's before his time. He's still a development player. I also don't like Moylan halves, and I just don't like Dugan. I don't think Dugan's consistent enough. I don't think Dugan has ever really reached his potential as a first grader. No, I'm I'm more say though. I think they're a top four side. <laughs> their, given their forward pack, but and their centres in particular are as gritty as all hell. Yep. They've got two great wingers, and I just think they've got a great culture as a yeah. club for grinding and, and fighting and all that and that's going to get them a long way and even this but I just think I look at Penrith and the Dragons and I was oh, like yeah. man I reckon those two teams pull their arms off and beat the shit out of them with them well, see I think the Sharks could beat the Dragons and I think later in the year they've got a better chance and I think also mm-hmm. origin effect now oh look I'm, I'm happy to I'm happy to see them prove me wrong I yeah. also think they've got a lot of guys it's time to go it's time to they will time to retire but to me Lewis Gallon Gal, out Lewis. of origin Graham's out of origin the only guy that's in there this year is Holmes they're going to pick up some wins that's this, true this well. period I think yeah, they're going to be true. a top four side and it's going to set them up mm. very well Holmes is the only guy playing origin and I think if they win Graham doesn't get back in that last spot so, in the top four, like I think I'd be shocked if Penrith, Dragons, Rabbitohs aren't in the top four. I think the Dragons I can reckon, drop out. Uh, I reckon you got Sharks, Warriors, Storm, Roosters all fighting for one spot and they're all strong bloody teams. Well, I'd say the Warriors, again, unaffected regardless of their draw are in. So I'm willing to say right now, Dragons, Panthers, Souths, Cronulla and the Warriors will be in the eight. I I'm reckon. Lock, I'm only locking three in. I'm locking Penrith, Dragons and Rabbitohs and I'm, I'm pissing off... Manly, Titans, Dogs, Cowboys, Eels. So I'm saying five are out, three are in, and then I've got eight that are sort of fighting it out for the last five spots. Eels, Cowboys, Dogs, Titans, Knights, me are all gone. They're five gone. Seagulls and the Raiders to, to fair, me. To be fair, I'll jump with you there, right? I'll say Knights, Seagulls, Titans, Bulldogs, Cowboys, Eels. I've got six six out. There you go. And I've got three in. So I've got I think, five spots, seven uh, five spots, seven teams, yeah. I think the Raiders and Manly are on a flicker of a heartbeat and the Raiders draw, like I said, I know you hate the draw, but this one to me is real. It is I a ruthless it. draw. It up, All right. Broncos, Tigers have got on the edge of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I think Roosters and Melbourne are likely to figure things out, even though I think they've been up and down so far. So I've got Fair. five. Dragons, right. Panthers, Souths, Cronulla and the Warriors. Let's roll on. Let's roll on, son. There is the set of six and quite a comprehensive one at that as well. Well, We move on now to our power rankings and no surprise that they're brought to you by Penner Solar Center. And they say, defense is the best offense. So what defense have you got in place against the nasty situation of rising power bills? Penner Solar Center is Western uh, Sydney's 
leading solar specialists. Whilst you have little control over your team's outcome, the expert team at PSC are devoted to giving you back control of your power bill. Let the sun work for your home and your back pocket. Save thousands per year in energy costs. It may be the difference between good or great seats at this year's grand final. Contact the team on 1800 20 30 to discuss how they can make you the real winners this season. www.penrosolar.com.au. Speak to Jake and the crew there. Power yeah. rankings, I don't think, are going to be any surprise. Brock, number one. The Penrith Panthers. Penrith Panthers. They beat the Dragons. Uh, well, we, I said last week, whoever won that game would be one. 100%. Yep. All right, Simple. move on. <laughs> Dragons, number two. Dra- no, I've got South. Oh, sorry. I do as well. I've just read that wrong. I got the Raptors. They had the close game early in the year with injuries. Well, they beat the and Dragons. That, and then they beat the Dragons. They should have beaten Penrith in round two as well. They but coughed that Burgess game off. J.I. went off. Yep. It's early doors, but they're number two. Yep. Clear cut number Love two. Love them. Love South. Number three, Dragons. Dragons. No surprise. Yep. All their three losses that people are throwing their arms up about against three decent teams. The Warriors early on the year, at home, in good form. Yep. Souths, who are in very good form. And Panera threw an out equal first with them. So yep. their three losses are good losses for everyone Go that's on, banging Go on, throw me number four. Sharks. I've got the Storm. Wow. Woo! <laughs> there it is. Six in a row, dirty, gritty, multiple spine changes, a couple injuries, suspensions, and they keep finding a way, so... I like the Sharks. The Storm for me are like Moby Dick. I just keep on believing, baby. Yeah, well, they're number five for me. They're going to they're gonna come good, the old Stormies. I hope so. But at the moment, I'm looking at our forward pack and I'm like, my God, uh, we miss Tohu Harris more than I thought. Uh, I get sick watching him at the Warriors and we miss McLean regardless of his injury. There's just been a solid group there for a long time right now. And I feel when Jesse Bromwich was out, we really struggled in the middle. Yeah. Even though I love Nelson, he doesn't play big enough minutes over enough control without others there. That the middle really worries me. Cool. I've got so. the Sharks at five. And I ain't dissing you, Cronulla. No. I ain't dissing you. That's all right. Even though some of your fans, you, they're a bit crazy. Ah. The Bermuda Triangle. That, that that crowd when we went down there. That would be crazy, What a time. Man. Number six. I'm going to change you. So I had the Warriors, but I'm bumping the Roosters up. Yeah. The Roosters handed their asses to them, what, two weeks ago? So, yeah, I'm, I'm going the Roosters. I, Who you got? I punted them out last week. And Did I, you punt the Roosters out? I don't know. I was filthy when yeah, they lost no. to the Broncos. I was filthy because they just yeah, constantly they, keep burning me. They cough that game up. But for the time being, I've left the Warriors at six. Oh. The, the energy is lacking. They, just got, they got beat by 30 the, by the, the Roosters the, last the, week. The, the energy is lacking and they've been hot and cold the last few weeks, but I want Johnson back in. I don't know if Luke's healthy. Sheck seems to be pushing things uphill on his own and these middles need to find a bit more energy again, but... Mm. I don't know. I'm not going to jump off just yet. There's a lot of people already sticking the knife in, but I'm yeah. not going to knife the Warriors just yet. I, I am. There you go. I am. I've got Brisbane at seven. All right. Well, I've, I've jumped them above the Warriors. Um, I, I don't know. Brisbane, to me, they just keep winning. Like, games I don't expect them to win, they win. Uh, I don't know. I've well, got how many, how many wins they got? Brisbane have got what? Seven. They're out of the eight. They're ninth. They've yeah? got seven. But seven and five, they could easily be five and seven, but... They won. They yeah. they win those games. I don't know, man. They just keep winning close games. I like their forwards. I like their hooker. I like their outside backs. I just don't like their halves. They have no control. And over I just game. don't like Darius Boyd at one. No. He's not playing that great. They so. are winning on individual talent alone, most yeah. games and individual moments. They're not winning on control. You know what? Game I reckon he's underrated. Out. Suncorp Stadium, home fans. They they're, they're that's a massive advantage for Brisbane, man. They yeah. get good crowds there. Brisbane fans, you guys. Should take some credit for some of their wins they've had this year, the close games at Suncourt, because yep. you, you get them over the line. So, yeah, I've got Brisbane at seven, man. I have Brisbane at seven as well for similar reasons. Yeah. And they just get it done off individual moments. You've got it eight. 
Roosters. You got the Roosters at eight, man. I'll bring it up again. I've got I'd, the Warriors. It's still not ticking along as good as I want it to. All the pieces there, and if it clicks, it'll be right. But it started at the start of the year, way too overstructured to try and suit Cooper Cronk, and he still struggled. Kiri off the back of it, and the middle's not doing a job. They heard off it. There was no push or offloads around the football. It was one out, easy to read. They paid a million bucks for Tedesco and parked him on the 20 trams and said, you wait. Mm. His best football is through the middle pushing on the ball. The last few weeks, even though they've been hot and cold, they're trying to win the middle. They're trying to push the offloads. Tedesco's floating around the middle. He's had multiple games over 200 metres, been deadly and injected himself. Cooper Cronk looks a little more the odd man out to me now, more so than Kiri and Tedesco and these other guys when they play a little bit loose. It's still very, very risky, mm-hmm. but I'm... I want them to stick to something and put some form together because, again, I think I'm right in saying they've only won back-to-back games once this year. It's the seesaw. Mm. All the bits are there for them to be the premiers this year. But I just want to see it happen uh, consistently and now they're going in origin, they're going to lose four players. So that's going to hurt that pattern again. So for now, I'm not convinced. I've got the Warriors at eight. And I'll tell you the reason. I've got them at eight. Because they just get fucking pumped when they get beat. They get beat and they get fucking pumped. Right, they go into defense. They go into cotton mode. They're like, look, the game's over. We're just packing it up. No one's getting hurt. We're really? They're, yeah. They just the tent gets folded up real early. I don't know. I just don't like how they can switch on and off. I get it. They're starting to sneak back into those bad old habits. But as much as anyone wants to say it, eight and four, there's no way they're missing out with no one in Origin. They're going to find four more wins. And yeah, they're, they're going to play finals football. They're going to need five more, I reckon. If you do the early work, it always puts you in a good spot. Whether they finish eighth, I, there's no but way. For me, I, I don't care team. about power rankings. I care about I winning comps. I know. And I, I, with what they're showing me at the moment, they're just going to have to lift. 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 All righty. We move on now to our game reviews for the week, brought to you by pokerdeluxe.com.au. The footy season has now started. If you are part of a sports team, Looking for a fundraising idea for your club? Well, then look no further. With over 10 years' experience, Poker Deluxe are the industry leaders in fundraising events for sporting clubs. Paul and Adam at Poker Deluxe and their team are very passionate about what they do, and they're committed to raise funds for local sports teams. Their fundraiser comes with a whopping $1,000 profit guarantee as a minimum. They provide all the equipment, host to run the night, and over $2,000 worth of prizes to be won. It's a no-brainer. If you're on a committee or a club, get involved, get into contact with the boys at Poker Deluxe and see how they can guarantee your club that $1,000 profit. To date, they have raised over $1.5 million for clubs and let them help you in 2018. Mention the podcast and you get an extra $100 off the cost of organizing that event. So make sure you get onto the boys there, www.pokerdeluxe.com.au. And uh, moving into our game reviews from the weekend now and... uh, First one to kick the weekend off was the Broncos in the Eels. 18-10, the Broncos went on to win this one. And uh, honestly, there was good signs again, more individually, but not convincing. And it more comes from the same thing we're talking about over and over again. Some of these young forwards, your sewers, Matt Lodge doing a good job, etc. Offhand Gowie, uh, they all do good things individually. Milford has some moments where he runs the football, but that control... Closing out a game, taking advantage of some of these bigger moments. It's just not there. And it all comes back to not having a number seven. So what they get out of those forwards and a couple of those other key players, it still feels like there's no direction throughout the game. They have just these moments where they come in and out. And I can't get it out of my head now looking that Jack Bird went there for $900,000 that they could have just kept Ben Hunt or spent a little bit more extra there, that he would be the difference between them being 
Uh, they're a top know, four side with him. Based off these individual <laughs> moments to being, you know, a dominant top four side. They're a top four side with him, my friend. And yeah. I reckon they're a premiership threat with him. Yep. And the other side of it is, and again, Broncos fans get the shits everywhere to bring it up. I honestly thought the Eels created more chances than the Broncos. The difference is the Broncos They were took, gaining a heap more metres than the Broncos. But they took their few moments. Whereas the Eels, Michael Jennings drops that ball over the line when they started to get that right edge. Uh, and I think it was Nicarima they were getting after. Maroa gets held up when he tries to run over Milford when I thought he should have got that one down. Yeah. There was a couple of kicks. Jennings so it was dropped one over sets. the line as well, didn't he? Yeah, and then he dropped another one in the second half from yeah. behind. So I honestly felt like Parramatta had their moments, but it, it went back to what Arthur said. There's some intent. There is some effort there, but they're just dumb, and they hurt themselves, <laughs> and it's their errors. And yeah. the, the error count was 14-6. He's not lying. I, I thought they looked better with Norman at fullback. I thought he injected himself better and picked his moments a lot better. Moses wasn't too bad. Gutherson's role is pretty straightforward and simple. But end of the day, um, even with dominating the game, sorry to say, you got to you got to take those moments. And Brisbane only got a handful. They took every one of them. Yep. They iced that game. Uh, Paramount had plenty, and they pissed them all up the wall. A monkey in a suit could have done a better. Job. A monkey in a suit could do a better job. <laughs> and the sad part is, and it's no knock to the bloke, but Dave Gower wasn't playing much first grade. He's been one of their better players the last few weeks. Dave Gower, Lewis, he's made such. He a should be playing with a walking stick. Wow. I'll tell you who's been really good. But I'll tell you what, he's going well. I know. But I'll tell you who's also going well, and he'll be on the market, and I think he'll be a pretty reasonable price. And there's a few clubs that are looking for some help. And uh, St. George Dragons out there just lost Lisa Army, and you've got now on your bench, Penny Terrapa off contract. Gun. I think he's been really good since Gun. he's been starting. I said last year that them and a couple other clubs should go after Arva. Seems like a fun guy, and the Sharky's got him, and Ooh. I like him. There's some guys out there you look at sometimes and no one appreciates and I'm like, you can get him for a very reasonable deal and they do you a great job off the bench. And mm. Terrapo's starting right now, I think, has been one of their better forwards. So him... I'll tell you who is better than. Who? Tim Manor. Yes, he is. Tim Manor. <laughs> yes, he is. And he's better than Bo Scott. Unfortunately, yep. he's... Uh, Poor old Bo. Probably done now with his injury. But... Tell you what, good story on League Life last week about um, Bo Scott's young son. Mm. Had to go to America to get some treatments. He's had, he's had a rough old time, his young bloke, so... Mm. That was a good story on Legal Life. I, 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 I don't want to bring out my feminine side here, but, man, I like Legal Life better than a lot of those shit Manny John shows. Know, it's got more substance to him. It's, like, pretty cool. It's a pretty yeah. cool story. Well, Lara Pitt did a cool story. I thought it was good, man. I, I look to and, see uh, who they've got yeah, on was, a lot of the time. And it some was of the nice. interviews. It was a good, good story. Yeah. I like it. But, well done, Legal Life girls. Give us a shout-out. There you go. Yeah. Interesting situation, though, moving forward. As I said, Norman dropped out of the side this week altogether. Uh, Moses, he wants to have control. He's obviously going to get that if he's playing there. French is going to be playing um, this week at fullback. But, yeah, errors, stupid moments. And, again, summed up in stupidity like Takarengi running dumb. stags off the ball. Stags wasn't dumb. going to get anywhere near it. And then he was blowing up. Dumb, about like, this is the reason you're not winning yeah, football games. correct. Oh. If you can be as complex as you want mm-hmm. and talk about all the freaking X's and O's you want, if but you if you're going to do yeah. dumb fucking things... And not hold the footy. Dumb errors and dumb penalties, yeah. you are never, ever, ever, ever going to win football games regardless of the level that you're, you're playing or you're coaching or you're spectating at. Well, Pongo Jr., exceptional again. Done. They need to lock him in. Off in Gowie, he's been outstanding this yeah, you know year. what, man? They've, got their, they've obviously got their recruitment wrong in their outside backs. Now, man, they just need to tip all their money in and get their recruitment right and their forwards. Keep all well, their forwards. I wouldn't say outside backs. I mean, more halves. Like I think Milford. Yeah, well, sorry, I should say key position I think, players. I think Milford 
is right if you have the right seven there, but I don't think he's a million dollar player. I still think he's yeah. I was about I don't to think say, he's, he's a million dollar player, but I think he's paid. I think he's the perfect six if you have a good seven. I reckon they've got one of their spine right, McCulloch. and that's McCulloch. I think you got Milford right, but for the wrong price. But you need the and, seven there to compliment. And for the wrong, yeah, that's right, the wrong compliment. Azarko, for anyone out there going, yeah. oh, what a great player he is. He was a junior Kiwi 5'8 at the Sharks three years ago who's one of these freak kids who's just fast, strong, powerful, and has developed into, I think, their future fullback. I think he will take Darius Boyd's job. I think and look, be I was, I've been privy to some information about Brisbane. There's been a couple of blow-ups in Brisbane. Oh, with yeah. some members of the coaching staff and players, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. I'm not going to throw anyone under the bus here because that's not what we do. But um, and we're not in it for the clicks. But I just know that there's been some dramas with some assistant coaches, players, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, in Brisbane. I don't know whether it's going to come out in the media, but yeah, it doesn't really matter. But I just think that's causing some issues as well. So yeah. Um, but man, they're going well, Brisbane. They they just keep winning, and they look like they're going to make the eight. Yeah, well, they're going well, to be thereabouts. So Oates, Azarko. And for me, with three out of your four key positions who aren't going probably up to the level that they've been paid at to still be around the top eight is... Exceptional. Is, yeah, and it just highlights how good their forwards are. All I can do, I'm going to throw it out there again. Jack Bird, if he's not happy, if he wants to go out to Sydney and I'm the Broncos, I know there's not many halves on the market. That's a deal I'd be happy to get rid of if I can find a reasonable seven. Because honestly, even if they had a reasonable seven there right now, Ta-ta, Jack. helping Milford with this young forward pack and these outside backs, and Darius, when he spoke earlier in the year about retiring or whatever, if he wants to retire, same deal. That's, that worried me. Free free the money up. Why would you talk about retirement? Let Azarko. seriously considering retiring. Well, let Azarko go. Azarko's a gun. Yeah, How good is he playing? He'll, he'll take the one jersey. Corey Oates is killing it. He'll take the one jersey, I'm telling you. That's their future one right there. Yeah. Jermaine Azarko. James Roberts. So that's what I'm saying. Backline, young <laughs> forward Roberts, pack. Beast. He's killing it. Yeah. Lock in that young forward pack, though. Look at that backline. Move him to one. McCulloch at nine. The only thing you're missing is the controlling seven to help out Milford, to let him do what he did well when he had Ben Hunt with him. And all that that do was give Ben Hunt a little more respect, make him an offer and give him control of the side, and this situation is avoided right now. Oh, they whiffed, bro. They whiffed. They bad. whiffed. <laughs> Jack Bird or Ben Hunt. Come right, on, let's Wayne. Let's move on from that one. Too much time. Uh, Canberra Manly Canberra 21-20 Finally Stole oh. one they, they blew a couple Yeah They got one back They did uh, it But was man a, They let Manly go early It was a yo-yo of a game oh. I bring it up every week And Canberra fans It must kill you Your edge defence is shit Stinks it Joey Leilua made a really good read On one of the players Early in the game Came in Jammed someone And then I like Because I, I watched the game I had to go out to a birthday dinner So I sort of saw the first 20 minutes I was like Ah oh, man Canberra uh, Canberra struggling, so with their defence, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, Manly were up at that stage, and then boom, I come home and they'd won by a point. But I don't know how you can go from having a defensive read inside shoulder and then having a try just someone waltzing through on your inside shoulder. Well, he's not in the Bryce Cartwright league of fucking up on your inside shoulder, but well, he's not close. trying to tackle. Yeah, he's close. Fourteen-two, they were down, and I was honestly worried because the first two tries were awful in the fact that the first one was typical. Austin ran in while Leilua hold, uh, held and there was a massive hole. Uh, the second one was CSLA Caesar over committing and Cherry Evans come back through a massive space. But then they hit back. They responded, jumped to their left-hand side. Jack Whiten's been exceptional this year, but him, Caesar, and that edge with Kotrick and Croker, really good job of playing square, digging in the line and creating space. And yeah. Kotrick doesn't need much space and Jack Whiten's ball playing for being a former number six has gotten a lot better. They pulled apart Uate and Moses Suli a couple of times. They had no idea 
Well, Most, going Moses Sully. So they get to half time. There's a couple of penalty goals. It's 16-14. Everything's tight. Typical of this season, though, Hodkinson's put, Hodkinson gets put in the bin and they score, not Canberra. <laughs> I just, it's crazy. The amount of games where someone gets put in the bin and then concede points and the Warriors did it the other night against South. I'm concede. not sure how it happens. I don't know how it happens. But Kelly, you're talking about Leilua. Leilua makes the worst tackle ever, or tackle attempt, stands flat, gets in the chair, Kelly just puts a head fake on him. He basically falls over and misses on his inside shoulder. Yeah. 2014, I'm sitting there just laughing going, Canberra are going to do this again. And then error, penalties, Caesar drops one. It just looks like there's no hope for them. And out of nowhere, Hodkinson's back on. Seven tackles set. A blight on the game or a good thing? I don't know. It's, it's, it is it's is a massive turning point. Oh, I hate the seven tackles set. Seven tackles set lets Canberra make a break off Caesar, shift to the left, whiten to Kotrick, Kotrick chips back in. Next minute, 20 all, all yeah. off the back of a seven-tackle set. Yeah. And then the kick in behind, Kotrick foot race with Travojevic, thinks he scored, he hasn't, but they get the dropout, kick the field goal, and somehow finally steal one back. Yeah. It hasn't even the ledger of the amount of close games they've lost, but I tell you what, Ricky Stewart after that one, if he would have lost that, I think he's ticking may have, he's, he's ticking may have blown final. Because oh. he's rode some roller coasters, but that game... Canberra are lucky to dodge a bullet, yeah. I think, again, uh, Manly, hot and cold as they have been this year. Five-match losing streak, win a couple in a row, and then blow a game the other night they probably shouldn't have. Canberra are blowing a couple of absolute stinkers, find a way to win that one. They're both it. pretty bad at football, let's so, be fair. They, yeah. they know how to lose games. Yeah. I bring up the same players <laughs> every week, but I don't know how anyone's surprised. Adam Fanua Blake and Marty Tapia is a front-row combo. Yeah, pretty impressive. Tom Travojevic, I thought, was pretty good the other night as well. Uh, Canberra side of things, it was pretty easy. Whiten and Kotrick were the two standouts. I thought Parley, again, since he's been back in, uh, has been pretty good. But Caesar, I'm hearing, is going to be locked in for another couple of years. I think he's been steady under a little bit of pressure this year and hasn't been too bad. Yeah, I don't think they'll overpay for him anyway, so I have no problem there. But that's the best option I think they're going to get on the market as long as they don't overspend and they're not planning to overspend. I think Blake Austin, though, the writing may be on the wall, especially if what I said about Norman earlier is true. And Ricky Stewart obviously bought him to Parrot to want to have him before he'd left. So it wouldn't surprise me if that was an interesting situation, if that was true. But tough loss for Manly. Uh, Cowboys storm. 7-6. And I had different opinions on this game. Some people said it was a good tussle. Other people said it was ugly. Um, some people were 50-50 on it. I thought it was an ordinary game of football, to be honest. I thought both teams were pretty shithouse and it's pretty disappointing to see that that's terrible uh, you know last year's grand finalists premieres two stack sides uh, dished up what they did and I thought the difference at the end of the day for the storm in what I thought was a pretty poor performance was Cameron Smith and Cameron Munster Cameron Munster is turned into a better 5-8 than I'd ever imagined he's exceptional at yeah. what he's doing I didn't think I thought fullback was still his spot I still think fullback may be his spot for that team but the more I look at it now, I, I see Jerome Hughes play fullback again on the weekend and I look at him and think, I think he's our fullback. Yep. And Munster's our six moving yep. forward. However so. the pieces fit together, you just get your best players on the field and find positions for them. He, he's great. And Smith, it doesn't matter how old he is, I think the weight off his shoulders, snuck that little try in there, had a few nice moments, passing, kicking, just your general stuff. But uh, the forward pack still worries me. Uh, Cassiano hasn't quite fit in. He's still got a bit of that dickhead in him and that late, late shot on Thurston wasn't on. I saw, dumb. It was just dumb play. I saw the Kafusi cannonball that you talked about. I don't think it was as bad as what I first I, heard. The leg pull was similar to Smith's. Oh, I thought Smith's might have been a little bit worse, but not less intent in it. I think his was intentional. There were a few of them on the weekend as well. But overall, I thought this was an ugly game on both sides. Cowboys, their season summed up in 
Gavin Cooper dropping that ball off the kick opportunity to score. They score off just a you know a random kick contest between Felton at the back end of the game when they needed it. Morgan drops the football. Um, he misses that field goal, then runs into the obstruction try. Nothing went their way. No. And then Thurston, just summing up his last year, hasn't been the greatest one. He's been ran over, batted terrible. from pillar to post. He tries to kick that field goal. They should have got a penalty, but in that set, in that last set, when um, someone was taken out. All right, well, I didn't Yeah, spot that someone one, was so. taken out. Just, I, yeah. My opinion. Yeah, I'm not opinion. disagreeing with that, but um, there's, just, there's a lot of moments I looked at and I go, it just sums up their season. I'd also be interested to know whether Melbourne were onside from the Thurston field goal because yeah. no team's offside from a field goal. So particularly after the week before, yeah. the Cowboys were, were not robbed, but they called one and then this week, same thing happens and nothing was called. I don't know. Ugly game, though. Frustrating. Ugly game. It was ugly as hell. I think at, at this point in the season, like I said, I'll, I'll give Melbourne a pass mark, but again... It's it's been a very random random year for Melbourne so Tough far. Tough two weeks for the Cowboys. That that was their season in those two yeah, weeks. They, they copped two massive kicks to the nuts. And who who would have picked like I said, if you gave them week. both those wins, they'd be uh, five and seven. Well, there's more than just that game though. But but, but what I'm yeah. saying is like, imagine the talk if they were five and seven on the back of those two wins. It'd be it'd be a totally different conversation happening. I'd still stick by my comments though that the Origin is going to take away whatever hope Get they it, had. But they'd but be a hell of a lot better chance to make it than what they are now. They're no chance. Flush this game though. That was awful. Yeah. Um, Terrible. Melbourne, Let's move on. Melbourne have a lot of work to do. He's giving it too way. much oxygen, my friend. Roosters-Titans. Uh, oh, Roosters, speaking of dog shit games. The Roosters summing up what I'm getting at. That they're frustrating best. Start this one. No energy. Clanger of an error for Blake Ferguson to let Anthony Don score. Um, just... Yeah, I was just sitting there dumbfounded that the Roosters were down 14 zip or whatever it was, and then Ash Taylor throws a pass and they, they get that second try, and I don't even know what to say. I was just sitting there going, really? Are you going to lose to the Titans? And then they come out in the second half and just absolutely obliterate them. They score 28 unanswered points, dominate the middle of the field, get Tedesco some opportunities. Yeah, someone got put in the sin bin uh, at one point there, but... I, I don't know. I, I still can't figure the Roosters out. All I know is that there's plenty of talent there, and if they can figure it out, get the right balance, forwards going forward, cut out the errors, the penalties, and the bullshit, and find a way to get a nice balance between Kronk and Kiri and incorporate Friend as he was on the weekend. I thought that was one of his better games for the year, and Tedesco mm. been exceptional last month. This could be a hell of a football side, but I'm still not sold that it's all going to fit together, and can they get it to work in time? Week to week, it's yeah, it's still a oh, work in progress. Yeah. Halfway through, you give him a pass mark. But the one who but stands out to him me, to be a lot better, and he's gone back to more of the style he played at the Tigers is Tedesco. The last month, I think Tedesco has been exceptional. I thought he was their best player, and Tokyo has been the most consistent forward all year. He was outstanding the other day again. Yeah. Um, friend had a better game. Kronk, I'm still feeling he's not quite fitting into that whole setup. But um, end of the day, again, regardless of all this kind of mix-ups and things changing week to week. They're getting the job done. And I thought their bench was good. Zane mm. Tedavano and Radley make a huge difference Tedavano off the bench. A gun. And he's on a real gun cheap packet too. So Titans, what do you say? We said it every they week. They stink. Worst defense in the comp stink. bar Newcastle now, but you have the worst middle defense. You're defending with 12 players. Yeah. Bryce Carroll refuses to make a tackle. Well, he let Tedesco go past him. On the that was unbelievable. That was worse than the Munster one. Yep. 30... I can't believe that people aren't just absolutely... Flamethrowering him in the media. Everyone's sort of like holding off him. 38 misses on the weekend again. So Garth Brennan, like, dude, 
And there's the and other how one. How the hell do you pick him after the first one? Then you drop him, then you bring him back in, and then he does that. It's the same players every week, though. Wallace does Man. his job, and Arrow's your leading light. It's the same thing week in, week out. And I like Hipgrave, but he got suspended or charged dumb. again. He's got to be a dumb footy in him. Yeah, and he's got to wipe it quickly. Yeah, and there's, there's another one who we're going to talk about uh, in two games' time who I'm going to put in the same frame. That's his third or fourth charge in a short space of time, mm-hmm. and he hasn't even played a full season of first grade mm-hmm. yet. So uh, I think it's going to be a long year for the Titans. And Origin will hurt you depending on your draw. I know it's less effect this year. But losing Wallace and Arrow, they're your two most consistent players every week. Yeah, I know Taylor has his moments, and everyone loves Ash Taylor, but he's still not an eighty-minute player. I know he still needs more help what about around. Gordon him. Taylor said that he'd pick Taylor for Origin if um, one of the halves were out. He would he would pick Taylor before DCE. I'd pick DCE. Craziness, man. So that's my opinion. I'm with you. Uh, the Warriors South game again, one I don't think needs a whole lot of explanation. First 15, 20 minutes with possession. <laughs> Penalties and a man in the bin. The Warriors look up for the fight. They were good in yardage. They had South down their end and looked like they were in for it. As uh, soon as they lost possession, lost the flow of the game, and South's got the ball, they just rolled over the top of them. When you concede a soft middle try, like they did when George crashed over, when his brother just went to the sin bin, I immediately... I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Had alarm bells ringing there because in a first grade game of football, when a camera crashes over that easily, that's when all the bells start signaling. And there's no easy way to sum this up. And from that point onwards, they just rolled through them. Tom, George, and Sam, the resurgence of the two twins this year under Seabold, new regime, new playing style. That left hand edge, we saw the brilliance. John Sutton, we were kind of looking at coming in this year thinking, surely it's time to retire, is playing career best football. Getting physical, defending well, and ball playing. They are so deadly with the options they've got both sides. Oh. Reynolds finally being healthy and on the field, and the middle being the way it is, has helped Crichton get into the form he has the last month because he's got a platform and he's getting some decent ball on that edge. And then he finds his way in. Cook's feeding off the back of it. Like, What, what am I supposed to say? They've got every facet of the field covered as long as they start the rolling. And my thing at the start of the year was exactly that. Can they roll the middle of the field? Yeah. As long as the Twins do what they're doing now with their brother. My brother! Where's my brother? <laughs> They've got two of the best edges in the comp. Yeah. And they can pick you apart any way they want. They've got different variations on structure. They push on the ball. And the other thing is you have to be accountable at nine. We always talk about being accountable in different spots of the field. Whether it's the left, whether it's the right, or the play of the ball, there's not an area of South Sydney you can sleep on. And Greg Inglis has slowly built into some solid form as his knees got better as well. Truth. So scary times. Yeah. Souths are the real deal. They're a pretty good football side. They are Let's put it that way. Warriors, uh, again, we talk about effort areas, attitude. Roger Tuovasashek has been outstanding this year and was again on the weekend. Yep. There's not many other players I can give a rap to. I Harris was pretty good again. Carter wasn't too bad. Uh, underappreciated, just Tavunga. Good football. Off yeah. the bench, more of a nine than he's a 13, but certainly comes on and doesn't shirt the task, whatever role he's given. But the Warriors, uh, there is some signs of old school Warriors coming back in right now, oh, which is yeah. worrying. Panthers, Dragons, uh, another one of these games that doesn't need a whole lot of explaining as far as I'm concerned. It was tight for about 20 minutes. Dragons took that penalty goal, which immediately to me, I know that's the way they play their football. 
But I think in a game like that, you could say that would be the difference, but it's also a bit negative, I think, in those bigger games. Tend to agree. Uh, and as soon as they took that penalty goal from that point onwards, Penrith seemed to just take over the middle third of the field. They dominated them there. They cut down their time and space. I thought they bashed that pack. I thought they took things personally. Yeah. Uh, their edge defense was outstanding. We talk about inside shoulder pressure, cutting down time and space. It was like watching the Warriors game all over again. Every time they tried to shift left or right off a slow to play the ball, they were just cut off and forced to come back infield or shut down. They looked rudderless for a period of time there. Nathan Cleary, James Maloney steered the ship outstanding. I think Sione uh, Katoa, as we said before, has come into his own this year. Um, he's really matured. He was ill-disciplined in his few games over the past couple of years. He looks like he's cleaned things up. And the forward pack, that, that's where it all started. They were exceptional. Man, they. I thought the Dragons had their, well, good chances early. Penrith defended it. Penrith scrambled fantastically well. Yeah. From there, the Dragons, they took that two points, as you said. They then made an error. Penrith scored. Uh, yeah, it's just one of those games. Penrith got on a roll. I thought the last 20 minutes, the game was over. Penrith yeah. really dominated that middle 30 minutes of the game. Dragons had chances early. Penrith were much more physical. They won the middle of the field. The Dragons weren't earning the right to move the ball, and they were trying to. Yeah, They... They just got ambushed, the Dragons. I thought they were in it. They were probably the best, better team for me for the first 10. Uh, I thought they got the better of Penrith. They got some penalties. They had some opportunities down on Penrith's line. Penrith probably won the game there nice and early. They just... They were they just Yeah, they, they, they wouldn't allow the Dragons over their line. They defended, 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 gave away penalties when they needed to, played it smart. Uh, but the Dragons, will, they'll, they'll, that's a good lesson for them. And it was a, it was a big win, I, th- I think. Penrith probably had more to play for in that game, and that's a hard thing to say. But, you know, the Dragons obviously had a lot of things to play for, but the Dragons were on top. Oh. They looked a little bit tired, the Dragons. And that's why I go back to what I said before, though. This is why I don't think they may be a top-four sider, even if they are. I don't know if they're as much of a threat. They're starting 13. They're aligned heavily. They don't trust their bench. Penrith, I said coming into this, the one thing that stood out for me was they can bring Tame off the bench, kick out off the bench, who was exceptional, had a massive game. And Hetherington, who's an absolute psychopath, and he's the one I was going to touch on, like Hipgrave. As much as I love him, he's been charged again this week. So while I like the aggression, his footwork, he's mobile, he's got a good bump and a lean, uh, he's got to clean things up a bit as well. But yeah. I thought they beat them up in the forward pack, and the numbers don't lie. 1,900 metres to 1,100, six line breaks to zip, and 14 offloads to two. Physically, in all areas of the game, they blew the Dragons off the park. My only question, and it's not taken away from Penrith's win, because it was an exceptional win, and I thought they beat them in all facets of the game, is... If Hunt was under a cloud, DeBellin was under a cloud, you know they're going to go play Origin. Whether you don't have the depth or not, why play them? Like, I know it's one or two and it was tipped up by everybody, but if I'm looking at my side going where nine and three or heading into this and we've got a few guys under a cloud and I'm going to lose a few to Origin, do I really want to risk them this week? Mm. And he pulled Hunt straight after half time. DeBellin lasted a little bit longer and he pulled Sims off as well. Yeah. It was almost conceding when he took Hunt off and they looked absolutely shot after that. But I just kind of look at it and go, well, if they weren't good from the start, I wouldn't have played them. But Penriford's certainly uh, also the real deal. And I think, again, you get these guys coming in when you do have a development setup like they do who fill these roles. People are saying about Wanga Blake. I don't think Wanga Blake's as big of a loss as, say, a Mansour and Yardage or losing Edwards. And I think Dallin is playing as good, if not better, and is growing into that role. And we know ourselves, because you used to coach against him, he was a fullback. People are like, oh, he's not a fullback. He was a fullback. He was a fullback. But it's just been a little while... Since he's played there, he needed and also, a month. He needed a month yeah. to get the reps and get the legs back. But man, 
the week before against the Tigers, he was unbelievable. And he was and again he on the was, weekend. He was even better on the weekend. He was exceptional. So, scary. And again, I love Viliame Mikikia. To yeah. be able to bring him off the bench, and now in the situation they're in, I can understand it, and they're giving him adequate minutes to make it justified. Yeah. That try where he carried all those blokes over the line, they're all playing at the football, and he still got it down. That's that's scary. Yeah. They've got strike all over the field. This is a very young, hungry side. I'm willing to say right now that's the best forward pack in the comp at present. Yeah. I don't, I don't, and Merrin's been a lot better in the front row. So I'm going to throw out there right now, Panther fans. I know you probably all love Peter Wallace. I don't bring him back. This is the thing, right? I was having a conversation with a guy at work, Mad Panthers fan. I was like, you guys love to say you got all these injuries, et cetera, et cetera. But really, who out of the guys that are injured would come back and play first grade? Mansell. That's right. That's what I said to him. I said there would only be one player, Josh Mansell. We we would argue about Wunga Blake because to me, I prefer Peachy. And I said it a million times to people. We've had people on here blow up and go, why? Like, you're kidding yourself. Peachy's better footballer than Wunga Blake. Well, and he's now playing Origin. Yeah. So, look, for me. Dean Farrow to me, if Greg English says Dean Farrow is the hardest center he's had to play against, especially because of his defense, I'll take solid defensive Farrow with solid work who's not as good in attack compared to Wunga Blake's rocks and diamonds moments. As good as he can be in running 80 meters. One way, like Randy Brown won, just before five minutes later, he fucking dropped the ball twice. I will take Dean Farre over yeah, Wonga Blake. And Edwards, Agreed, but, Edwards would probably And look, this isn't a slight in, on Penrith. My argument is, is that Penrith have 30 legitimate first, first graders. graders in their roster. Wade Egan is a better nine so don't, backup than most clubs have got. A lot of Jerome people saying, oh, we've got injuries, we've got injuries, we've got, yeah. got injuries and you're on top of the comp. Jerome Luai. Kate Ellis, we've so said. So Gus play. Gould and whoever's assembled that roster... Some guys like Matty Cameron and the guys in the background that have brought all these juniors through. Um, Ivan Cleary's got to take a lot of credit for this roster because whether Anthony Griffin likes it or not, he's probably he's putting the cream on Ivan Cleary's cake, yep. to be fair. Uh, so there's a lot of people there that need to take credit. And they have a legitimate, homegrown, 30-player roster of first graders. Mm. No other team has as much depth and, and quality no, players as what Penrith do. Luai, Leota, yeah, Hetherington coming in now. Straight Ellis, in. they could all play first grade. Egan and other clubs would die to have Any other team that had, has had as many injuries as Penrith would not be in the eight. No, they wouldn't. So it's a testament to the assembly of that roster, yeah. salary cap management, um, and just depth. But if there's one move right now, I know they've let Peachy go and they probably didn't forecast what's happened here. That's going to fall over, that deal. That's going to fall over. Would. And if someone's going to go out the door, like I said, all these Panther fans that argue with me 18 months ago are going to bet Wonga Blake. Wonga Blake, one of the first ones. No, I just get the feeling that he's just going to renege. I, I, and I, I, he's well, got to be looking at that deal going, that ten, dude. Isn't that 10-day registration thing or whatever? I don't it's already know, been man. Done. I just get the feeling that why the hell would he want to go and play for the Gold Coast Titans? Money, because they can't pay him that same amount. And at some point, he's got to get paid. As much, I know, I get, it, I get it, but at some point you have to get paid. You have yeah, to. Yeah, I get it. That's if you've what taken Gus cuts said. for your whole no, career, no, I just get the feeling that like. And now he's reached that level. It'd be even harder to go back in and say, mm. I, I, you know, I want to stay now. If you're going for like six hundred thousand, you've been on two fifty, three hundred your whole career, mm. and now you're playing Origin. I, I get it, man. Like if he moves, I would almost, I would almost, I'd gamble very confidently that he doesn't see out his deal at the Gold Coast. I'd agree on maybe not seeing the deal out mm. and going to a club more preferable to his choice. You know the one. I look at now, and it would make more sense to be a roundabout way. Back in the day, Penrith went in the bidding war for Todd Carney to purposely push his price up to be able to poach Peachy for a lesser price so the Sharks couldn't keep him. Yeah. If the Sharks move on from Gallon, Lewis, I know they've got some good back rows or some good players there, but even Matty Pryor's a little bit older. 
Um, if I'm the Sharks, I wouldn't mind having Tyron Peachy back in my if side. If I'm Newcastle, oh, whoo, I am going after wow, the Peach. 100%. There's plenty of clubs. Imagine could, putting him with Ponga. There's plenty of clubs that could use him. Plenty of clubs that could use him. But yeah, yeah. yeah. Great win by the Panthers. Isaiah Yo was also another one an exceptional game. Football close to their best, to be honest. But they were exceptional. Dragons were blown off the park. Simple. Uh, Sharks, Newcastle. This barely needs oxygen. Six in a row. <laughs> Man. 22-6 at half time. They had a few little patches there where you thought they were crawling back in, but they just got pulled apart. It felt like watching an under-10s game again like the previous years where Sharks just rolled downfield at will. I know everyone's going on about Moylan's six-game assist and they'd say that we don't like Matt Moylan and we're going to shit on it for that reason. I'm not going to shit on it for that reason. Two were off. <laughs> However. Two, two of them were off, you know, kick contest. One was over Jamie Bure's head who doesn't play in the centres, but... The hole that Luke Lewis hit, you give credit to Luke Lewis for that try where he cut back against the grain when Matt Moylan started to drift. That is pure football instinct. He ran like laterally and then all of a sudden just dived into that hole for Matt Moylan. The wraparound play on the left-hand short side with Wade Graham, I was a big fan of. He created that, using that lead man to take two out and sweep around. Probably three or four of them I'll give him credit for. But the Luke Lewis hole, that's all Luke Lewis. I just saw it. Newcastle was soft. Attitude, gone. They were soft. They've lacked any kind of control. Effort was Since poor. Pierce went, the attitude and effort was down. Was disappointed. It was a big day, like Mark Hughes Bandies Foundation. For brain cancer yeah, in that Newcastle. Was, that was a really piss-weak effort from the Newcastle Knights. Yep. And that, that's the only time this year I, I've, I could really say that. It's worrying. And I, I'll never shoot a man while he's down. He ended up going off injured. But before Nathan Ross went off, they just toyed with him. Jesse Ramian... <laughs> No offense, told him basically that keep that jersey warm because that's my next year. You're either going to be on the wing or you're not going to be on the next year. I think Rossi is a winger. I think he's a winger too. He's not a center. Jesse Ramian, honestly, on the weekend, bathed him and let him know. He's a gun finisher, Nathan Ross. He's a gun finisher. Gun finisher. I agree. Good at a dummy half. He's got a winger written all over him. Jesse Ramian. He's he's doing Newcastle a job playing in the centers. We say it a lot. There's not a lot of good centers anymore, and I've said it every week. But Jesse Ramian, we are. That's a good boy. He's good, man. That yeah. is a good boy. He's good. But Sharks are really good all over the field. Again, Dugan looked good at the back. They involved Holmes off the wing. They got him in on some of those plays. Wade Graham makes things a lot more stable and solid for Matt Moore on that left hand side. He made him look much better. Uh, I like Brayley, like you said. I know you reckon he's a little bit before his time, but I really no, like No, I just Brayley. don't think they can win a comp with Brayley. Oh, I, right now. I don't disagree with the other, but I, I just like, I like where he's at for the point in time. Prior, no Fafita on the weekend. Gallant Lewis punching above for mm. veterans. I, it's just the gritty side of the Sharks I really love. I love dirty, mm. gritty, grubby football teams that'll fight you for everything. Um, I'm still... More interest, interestingly about this game, I'll watch this with our pop. Yeah. Um, Tell you what, the old man, he ain't a fan of Andrew Fafita. He ain't a fan of the Sharks. Oh, Jeez, oh. man, they're not the uh, they're not the favourite in the pensioners' uh, world. I'll give you a little tip. No, they're certainly not. Not a fan. Uh, Doesn't like Gallon. Paul, that's the other thing I was going to say. Paul Ponger on the weekend. Luke Lewis just mm. whacked him. He got a fine for that. And uh, Wade Graham. Did he really? Yeah. Wade Graham. For hitting Ponger. Wade Graham got charged for the crusher, which I agree with. That was a pretty bad looking. Uh. Folded him over, so he's fighting that tonight. Not sure what happens there, but Pop was yelling at the TV when Ponga got hit, telling him to get up. I bet to say they were the first ones to sort solve, <laughs> solve the Ponga puzzle, put him in the HA bit for fifteen up. minutes, and then just stomp all over Newcastle. Look at this. How's he going to play Origin when he can't get up from that? <laughs> That's what Pop said. I thought uh, oh, well. Fitzgibbon was good again. Not going to argue with you, Bobby. Yeah, hard times for Newcastle. Last one of the round: Tigers, Dogs. Uh, 
honestly. I think the Tigers have hit a bit of a flat spot. Their discipline, their errors have crept in the game, things they weren't doing early on. Their defense has still been pretty solid, but I can sum this one up in what we've seen all year. Dogs have the effort. They've got no points. They struggle to create anything. They paid on two names, one that was never worth their price tag or never played the kind of football that the money deserved in Woods, and one who is a good footballer or was a good footballer but has way too many injuries now to live up to the price tag in Kieran Foran. And all the back end of deals and the situation they've been dealt, they're screwed. But this, to me, I can honestly put into words as simple as it was like watching Mike Tyson fight a pub fighter. For the last 20, 30 minutes, they had that many offloads, as they've done all year, the Tigers, off kick return, yardage work, Mahe, Masters, etc. Offloading at will, Brooks pushing around the football, but they just kept shooting themselves in the foot. They couldn't uh. find the try, the knockout blow. And even up to the final minutes when they found that last try, when Mahe Fanua got that loose ball back with 80 seconds left and tried to throw a pass off the ground, I almost fell off the couch. Isar Masters can't goal kick anymore either. When he took that penalty no. again with four to go... Mm. There's a golden rule. Nervous. If you're not going to kick the penalty, kick it goal, dead. Kick it dead. Yeah. He didn't do either. No. That so, was a costly miss. And you know what oof. that did? Cost me a multi. Well, I had to push with multi. I had West minus four. And if he kicks out, it's minus six. Happy days. Brocky gets paid. And Masters, you almost bombed the bet through your bloody goal kick. Come on, mate. Think of the punters, son. Yeah. Well, there was. Uh... Um, just a side note Matt Scott has been found guilty at the judiciary. Well, that doesn't surprise me. So there you go. He's Gonskis. And one we forgot to mention was Billy Slater, retired from rep footy. Yeah, well, again, we got kind of caught up in everything when we are smashing through the teams and all the bits and pieces and the Bellamy Bennett talk, but exceptional. But predictable. Yeah, they're all going at the same time. Get Ponga through this year and Slater will uh, have his last swan song. He's been good on him. If he didn't have all those injuries, I tend to think he probably would have bowed out like when the other guys did. Greatest fullback. Of all time. Ever. And in the modern era. And it, everyone's bringing up all the things. I, I didn't see all those other ones. He's the best fullback I've ever seen. Uh, he's ticked all the boxes. Right, who are they awesome. better than him? Uh, people bring up Langlands and people I've never even seen oh, play. The game's different now. The game's better now. The game's than harder was, now. But he, God knows how many years ago, yeah. as much as people like live in the dinosaur age and say it's not better. Gun. He's the best fullback of all time. Gun. Done. Watch him live too. Everything. Go watch him live. Go watch yeah, him defend on the goal line. Can. Yeah. Uh, all right. Fan questions is what we're into now. Josh Long, is Greg Inglis the first New South Welshman to captain the Maroons? Well, probably know. not. They've probably pinched someone else before that that's captained them. But we've all pinched, and we've all pinched from New Zealand too, so yeah. I'm not really into that side of the war, to be honest. Uh, Dragons man forever, Joey, says, Hey, boys, all three Dragons losses this year. Common theme from the opposition has been rushing and domination physically in the forward pack. Starting to worry about McGregor's coaching in this aspect. Nah. Um, that that's footy. He hasn't learned from his mistakes. Well, nah, that's footy. Joey, one. middle getting dominated has got nothing to do with coaching. That's nah. your middle simply winning <laughs> the battle. So you can't blame McGregor for the forward pack getting bent over and pumped yep. on the weekend. They were simply beaten by a side. I would say two things out of the weekend. They weren't wide enough from the ruck and no. they were not pushing in numbers. No, and the edge kind of thing. When and you're also, about... Nano McDonald was MIA in that yeah, game. It was nowhere to be seen. And you're talking about the edge defense or people jamming in. You need to establish quick play the balls to kind of be able to play to the edge. The, the problem defense, is yeah. their middles didn't do the job to be able to play to the wide in the first place. So yeah. that's simple as that on the weekend. They didn't win the middle. Uh, Jimmy Cruz says, do you think Penner's great form is down to Griffin? No. No. I think it's down to an exceptional young forward pack. It's down to everyone. Has enough experience now. They are a club, as in everyone yeah. is contributing. They've and bought, Griffin has a part in it, yeah. definitely. They bought an exceptional half who's been involved with a couple of premierships the last few years to partner with the best young halfback in the game. They've got 30 players, as we've just said, that could all play NRL standard. And 
regardless of that, whatever, who's in charge. It could be Mickey Mouse. As I said at the start of the year, I wasn't going to put him outside the eight because anything less than would be a bust with the talents there. It's an whoever exceptional was, roster. Whoever was smart enough to get rid of Cartwright and Moylan. Gus Gould. <laughs> Mr. Gould. How long did we bang on about that, though? For any yeah, Panthers attractors to say, oh, look what you said about the club, did we not stress for how long that they're the two people that shouldn't beat that club yep. and are bad at football? Go on. How good are things going right now? Exceptional. Cronulla team. must be wrapped with that decision. Yeah, they must be stoked. Uh, Rupert Pumpkin, what did you guys make of Matt Moylan on the weekend? Is the media overhyping his six assists? couple yes. of passes I could have thrown myself. Yes, he's getting better, but he doesn't deserve the massive yeah, wraps. Credit Newcastle where, were terrible. Credit where credit's due, but yeah, they'll order credit on the weekend. Credit where credit is due, Jimmy. The team was uh, very good on the weekend. There was a lot of good players around him, but yeah, there was a couple of those that were good. There was a couple that weren't. Yeah, definitely. He's getting better. And that combination is getting better, yes. 100%. But do I think he's an 800... It was overstated. Is he an $850,000 No. I Not prefer yet. Moylan. Not yet. Uh, sorry, you I prefer, prefer Maloney. Maloney. Yeah. Ben Kirkham, just looking forward to more Panthers praise on the show, but in all seriousness, oh, interesting. Interested in your take on Saturday's game, having been there live, what was the benchmark... Was that the benchmark performance for 2018 so far? And is it too early to say Penrith are genuine contenders? I think genuine contenders, definitely. 100% contenders. I don't know about... That was the best quality game I saw this year. No, I wouldn't say that. The Dragons only played for half of it before they pulled Hunt off the field and they shit the bed for the rest what, of the game. What game would you say was bigger, better, faster, stronger, harder than that game? Off the top of your head. I don't think hard. there's been like a... I think the Anzac Day game was pretty full on. I think that was a on. good game for over the 80. That's what I'm saying. I thought the South's Dragons game, as much as people don't appreciate it, yeah, earlier in the good. year when the Dragons almost lost to them was good. Not the one the other week where they beat them because I thought they got over the top of them. I thought, yeah. uh, I don't know. I, I, it's hard to think. Oh, look, I thought that now, was a quality game. And yeah. Penrith, yeah, no, we're good. I thought it was one half of quality. I thought the second half mm. was one team stomping the other one, to be honest. But well, I left with 20 to go, so I wouldn't know. There you go. Tell you the other thing, right? And list, listeners, this I've got a fan question, right? To the fans. To the fans? To the fans. I had a footy double on the weekend, right? There we go. <laughs> Listen. Nathan Cleary scores first try. I've got seven. The Dragons don't score a try. The rules state on the fucking doubles website that it goes to the nine. Does yep. it not? We get to the... Well, you, I had to, I drove back to give you the double for you to collect the $100. I know. And you go to the window and what do they say to you? Seven and six. We're paying the goal kicker. Goal kicker. And apparently there was people blowing up. It was a 50-50 group because people around me were going, yeah, I said that, seven and six, it goes to the goal kicker. And I said, seven and six, is that legit? And another bloke had the rules out and he was blowing up. And there was actually, I didn't send you that one, there was quite a funny drunk bloke who stormed off going, basically saying thanks for the money, best money ever made because he had seven and six. So it was a 50-50 argument the line. Uh. But it wasn't the Rotary people like you said who sell them. It was just someone from So how does that work? Well, I don't know. I'll tell you what, Rotary, I'll never, ever, ever, ever be buying a fucking double from you at Penrith Stadium ever again. Ever again. Rip off. If If the rules are there, what are the rules there for? If doubles are for try scorers and the default is nine, why are we giving it for a goal kicker? Yeah. That's what I want to do. Look, I tell you. If it was a goal kicker every week, you'd be death riding... The other team, as soon as you get the first try score for one of them. It's hard enough to win on those fucking things, and then they rob you when you get to the window. Yeah. Not, not disagreeing. Yeah. JDHD are the Dragons. Flat track bullies. Seems all the team has to do is beat them and score first and muscle up. No. They was... bullied Melbourne that day at Cogra. 
they did. They did. They did. Come they, on, man. They beat up in Melbourne. They got their edges. But Penrith were good. Give Penrith credit. Everybody Dragons out will there, be back. We say this all year. Good start to the season, but now you have to wait till after Origin. Don't yeah. read too much and everything yeah. until Origin is done. Press pause for the next four weeks. See a couple weeks, of weeks, weeks after that. All right. Yeah. Dustin Lane, I'd like to hear what you guys believe is the most important positional signing requirement for each club next season. Well, seven and a nine. We're probably not going to be going through all 16 clubs, but seven for and example, a here he's got Newcastle maybe being a front rower. I the front rowers are all right. SASA is good. The Safinis are going to learn. Yeah, as long as they didn't overpay, but buy beware, storm style. You want to talk about. They uh, need a back row, but I Talk about buying. Brisbane need to get a seven. The yeah. Paramount Eagles need front rowers and a hooker. Newcastle need a six. Connor Watson ain't a six. Playing next to Pierce, I don't think it really matters whether it's Lamb or Watson. I think Watson Lamb stinks. probably suits better as a ball runner. Cogger's going to the Bulldogs, so they're not going to have him anyway. They need a six. I think Watson and Pierce isn't too bad. They need a six, bro. Well, I, th- I was going to say, they need a centre. They're getting one. Mm. They've got a fullback. I, as much as I like Slade Griffin and he's solid, he's not, long, he's not a long-term nine either. Mm. Nine and half. They've got a back row. Yeah, and I, I want Sam Stone in. I like Sam Stone. I want the Titans to go and buy Sam Stone. Garth Brennan... Fucking wake up. Get rid of Bryce Cartwright. Get Sam Stone. Sam Stone so, so is angry. a gun. Well, you guys, He's playing reserve grade. You guys, I think, I said it last week, I'll stick with it again. Brimson's your six. I like Brimson. Man, yeah, I'm not talking about that. Yeah. Well, you're talking about... Kane Elgy should go to Newcastle. <laughs> I bet you'd go a lot better that, uh, there than he would... Yeah, at well, the Titans. I don't think he's going to be at the Titans. But yeah, there's a few clubs that need some players. Jason Deering, will you be putting on a bet on Fitzgibbon, Lachlan, that is, to get two or three tries this week? He's running off Callum Ponga at Mitchell Moses. Hashtag easy money. Hashtag money for Jim. My only problem is I don't know if they can beat Para, and that's saying something. Because they were poor last week, but Para, have, even though they've got a poor record... They'll rise for that game. ...have been close in a few, so... They'll smell a little bit of blood, Para. Yeah, I think this is their, this is their week to get a win if they're going to get one. Yeah. David White... Uh, was there a player from either state unlucky not to get a gig? Well, we basically yeah, covered Trent that. Yeah, Trent Merrin and, and uh, Matt Scott for me. Callum Ponga, unlucky. Ponga, Josh Jackson, he's unlucky. He's by one of the best. Sims Cameron being 18th McInnes, man. Unlucky. But... Sims, Kotrick, they're all unlucky. None of the New South Wales players I'd be disappointed with uh, for once. I, I like the fact that New South Wales probably got 30 players they could have picked on for him. Yeah. That's a good thing. Good situation. Yeah. And he said, are you coming to Melbourne for the game? Yes. Most likely at this point in time, if we can sort something out. He's tried, we'll, to rope, he's tried to rope me in and he's got me. Yeah. We're trying to sort something out. Craig Norenberg's champion. One of the great supporters of the show. Billy Slater, best fullback ever, as some are saying. Langlands, Churchill, best modern, maybe. It's Billy. I didn't see those guys. The game's changed. It's evolved. It's tougher Billy. and better than it's ever been. It's definitely... Billy! It's Billy. If anyone doesn't get that reference, watch the cable guy. <laughs> he's a gun. Jim Carrey. It's Billy Slater. Oh, yeah. On a side note, man, I watched this weird documentary on um, Jim Carrey when yeah. he did Man on the he Moon. He stayed in character. He the stayed whole in time. character. It was, it was a strange freaking documentary. He's a strange bloke. Strange as hell. Janice Matthias says Do the Dragons have a plan B? It seems we can't overcome teams if they beat us up the middle, or have I just described rugby league? You've That's just rugby described league, rugby my league 100%. It's rugby league. I'll tell you what, if the worst thing is that your team got beat in the middle in one game, you're going all right. You're still 9 and 3, yeah. and you have lost to you know the teams that are up the top. So. My, team, my team won't win nine games combined over the next two seasons. There you go. Jeremy Harcher, depends if you're talking. Oh, sorry, wrong one. He's jumped in on Craig's uh, comments about fullback. So, Reese Fensum, why has Freddie picked Tommy Turbo on the wing over Kotrick? Tom is the better player, but Kotrick is better on the wing. Well, it's not the natural side he plays on. So, again, getting really technical. I hate that. Uh, carrying, ball carrying arm, fend, 
put down. Tom came in on the wing, on the right side of the field. Tom will also probably get the license to float around. And I don't like that, but because Kotrick is a fullback. He came through the juniors playing yeah, fullback, I know that. so but he in, would have experience playing grade, on both sides. Yeah, but in grade, I think he's played more one side of the field. As a fullback coming through the juniors, he didn't really ball play either. He's more a physical runner. Tom Trebojevic should bloody thank Brett Stewart then Tom, for keeping him on the wing. Yeah, Tom's got more of a pass, played on that edge, and I think the link with his brother will play at some point. He should thank De- He should thank Jeff. Jeff. Love Angry Jeff. Angry Jeff. He got him in there. But I think that link with his brother is going to come into play at some point as well. Yeah, definitely. The Braddo, are we going to see origin fullbacks and wingers letting the high ball bounce? Surely oh. that can't be a solid option no. on the biggest stage. Attack the footy, fellas. Yes, please. In a game like origin, you'd be bloody hoping Catch that it on no the one full, man. is letting the ball Same bounce. as kickoffs. Stand on the sidelines and catch them on the full. Whew. Sean McBay, why don't teams have uh, seem to have a plan for play one at the end of a half or game? Great question. Great question. Because they're robots. Yeah, Most of them. That's right. Very robotic, set structure, set in their ways. They do as they're told at the time. And uh, a lot are not willing to go outside the boundaries, to be honest. It's... We had a couple of sneaky ones this year at Maddie's, didn't we? We did. For different we, different times of the game. We tried some stuff. You've got to have a little little plan, a little ace up your sleeve. Yeah, every so often from a set start or Just a scrum. When, you, or... when someone expects you to punch them in the nose, you punch them in the nuts. Exactly. That's right. David John, when will they get rid of the linesman? Never, Dave. Silly <laughs> no, question. Appreciate it's not it. a silly question because they do nothing. I know they do nothing, but they're never going to get rid of them. So, you know. Love your work, Dave. Cheers for listening. <laughs> You've just banged and said love no, your work, mate. We love everyone that listens. Fair but, dinkum. But, you know, some questions, whether I agree with you or not, I, there's no real time wasting oxygen on it. They're, they're, not, they're not going anywhere. Righto, play on. They're getting paid to do nothing. I agree with you, but yeah. they're not going anyway. Forest Bell, Dragons and Panthers on the exact same comp points and the same points differential. What would happen if it was week one of the finals? Do you give pole place to Penrith because they beat the Dragons? Well, No, I think it goes on points four. A bloke right? asked me this the other night, and I looked at it. I don't know... I forgot if they had less four and again. I know Penner for the better defensive team and they'd beaten them head to head, but their differential was exactly the same. I didn't look to see. I who think it goes on points four. Well, or they'd have a playoff. A playoff. I'm pretty sure if differential was the same, you have a playoff. Say it was eighth and ninth. Say it was for eighth position. Well, I'm looking at it right now. Nine and three, both of them. Yeah. Dragons have scored more points. Yeah. Penrith are better defensively, but their differential is both 109 apiece. Right, but so if that Penrith was the playoff above. eighth and that was the end of the comp, I'm pretty sure it goes on differential. On if home, differential is the same. Forget about all that. It's not the NFL. I'm pretty sure it's differential. And then if differential and points are the same, it's a playoff. How do you play off if you're about to play finals? Well, that's what for they position do. Position one and two. They, would they play that's on a Tuesday? disadvantage for being in the top four anyway. That's to be a Maybe, separator. Well, let's tweet at someone. Let's so tweet I'm looking at here. Know? Well, NRL. Well, they wouldn't fucking they know. They have to tell us something. <laughs> they would one, 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 one scored more points. One's got a better they defensive record. They wouldn't know record. if their ass was on the fire. The differential's the same. The I reckon thing, David Middleton would know. The only thing I can see here that would make me feel any otherwise is the home record is 6-1 and one for Penrith. Technically, Bathurst was a home game. 7-0. and oh. Maybe the away record comes in. Listen, we've got thousands of people listening right now. I don't know, mate. Tweet at David Middleton, please, God, and, and hashtag us into it. There oh, sorry, go. not hashtag us into it. Just like, what do you do with the, the at? Add us into at it. somebody. Yeah. Tweet at him and us and put us in it because I'm interested to know. Yeah. And um, rise for, for rise for Brocky. Rise for Brocky. Jeez. Tweet for Brocky. Cheers, Forrest. You've started a fire of your own. <laughs> Forest fire. No pun intended. Actually, there was a pun intended. But Tweet for Brocky. Brad Tasker, what's better for the full-time athlete, full cream milk or skim milk? 
Full cream. You have to have full cream straight yeah. from the kettle. They're training. I'm all about it. They've got fucking that watery, pasty shit. You need some natural. It's terrible. You need. I'm no bloody nutritionist, but you need some natural fat in your life. Full cream milk. Of course is, you there's do. nothing wrong with it. Uh, Danielle Ferreira. There is when you drink five liters of it. I love <laughs> yeah, it. It's all right. You do. Have to commend Josh Manstall for sticking with the Panthers and showing loyalty. Even Gus encouraged him to chase the money. Yeah. Do you know how much he ended up staying for? No. And how idea. much he could have got elsewhere? No. Well, idea. I'm only going to give you a rough market gauge. There was talk that he could have got close to six hundred, seven hundred thousand elsewhere. You reckon he stayed for five? I heard it was more around the four fifty okay. four mark. So maybe the three years, and that was enough to get in there. Plus a car. Yeah, there'll be and plus a poker machine. There'd be some kind of third party <laughs> or off-field setup. He, trust me, he, he wouldn't have missed out, but he, he would have missed out with some money. But he'd he'd be comfortable where he is. He's got a long-term deal. He's oh, obviously but, happy. But no one cheats the salary no. cap. If you're happy, Come though, on, you're man. happy. But yeah, open market, other clubs. Good on him for staying. Probably Love not it. in a better situation. Would have offered an extra hundred, hundred fifty thousand. Mm. Wayne Stoneman, if Bellamy doesn't sign with the Broncos, who should the Broncos go after? Bennett seems to be on the nose. Well, yeah, good luck. Who? We went That's over. My who question. are you getting? Kev's been overlooked for it multiple times. I still like Jason Demetrio's assistant, but mm. then in saying that, every one that Wayne Bennett's tipped in to be the next coach somewhere Paul is Green. over. Paul Green when he gets the punt from North Queensland. I still like Demetrio, but yeah, I don't know. It's the thing. People forget that they went after Green as well. They yeah. went after Green before they went after Bellamy. They talked to Green as well. You're right. Scott Brainy, how long is a reasonable time to give for advantage play? Is it until the end of the play at hand, regardless of how long the play goes? Yes, for? I like end of the play at hand. I'm fine with that. I just don't think it needs to go any further. No. Play the advantage. Yeah, we talk, we're talking advantage. about giving a penalty. Bill Hogan was the best. Are that. we talking about play the advantage off an error as well? Play, we'll play the, yeah, both, whatever. Off an error, I think as soon as you throw a pass or move forward or progress, you know, a reasonable distance, then you lost your advantage, but... Uh, if you mean play the advantage off like a penalty coming up, they should let him in that Melbourne game where I saw one on the weekend where I think the Sharks almost scored. Let it play out first in case they do score. Yeah. Troy Byrne, is it just the media or do New South Wales supporters really walk around every year getting ahead of themselves? Last year before they had even one game two, they were talking about a dynasty in Queensland being old and past it. Counting the chickens for nearly a decade, one could think they would learn. Excited for a great series. New South Wales definitely have informed players this year. How New South Wales are favourites, I have no idea because we've got 11 debutants. They've got three. They won last year. I know that those guys have retired. It's horseshit. They've got game three in Queensland. Yep. Uh, they've got a lot in their favour, the uh, the Queenslanders. They're going to have the Victorian crowd will be Queens, pro-Queensland. We've seen that. Australian backline. Yeah. So Gagai, for me, Slater, I'm, not, I'm, not a, I'm not getting anywhere near uh, too far ahead of ourselves. We never do as New South Wales no. fans. We always expect the worst. And if we get better than that, then we just get pleasantly surprised, I guess. I think we're in the minority, but I think there's a Police. lot of people in this state who do get ahead of themselves. But um, one, one to seven. want to kick the shit out of Queensland. One to seven, we're all on the Australian side. I just don't want to hear the shit from Queensland about Matt Scott, about loyalty, yada, yada, yada. Don't, don't preach to me the loyalty moved on, shit simple. when you exactly You've just moved own on. it. But like I said, one to seven, their back line is basically the rep back line. You've got Maguire, even though he may not be healthy, who was in the Australian side, is a mainstay. Felice, who's broken into it as well. So they've got nine or ten of the current Australian squad or side as well. Yeah. We've got a bunch of fresh blood mixed in with a couple of guys that have played high-level football. But even on that side of things, they're still an exceptional football team. Mm-hmm. So there you go. Uh, Matt Greener says, could Dallin at... Penrith, stay at fullback for good if he keeps up his current well, form. Why wouldn't he? This his running point. game is as good as Edwards. Why wouldn't he? It is as good as Edwards. Why wouldn't he? Edwards is out for the year. So if Dallin yeah. finishes a year playing like he is, Dylan Edwards, that's what I'm That's what I'm saying about injuries. That's yeah. not an injury for Penrith because Dallin just comes in, boom, fullback, that's it, done. Yeah. 
they just kind of put him into the wing and took his yardage. So Dylan Edwards will start Edwards. in reserve grade next year and maybe potentially play on a wing or as a bench utility. Well, he's he not played, going to go straight back to fullback. He played on the wing coming through the lower grades before he played fullback. Yep, correct. Dallin may, mainly stayed on the wing in grade because that's where he got his first start in grade. Yep. And they thought that Edwards This is what I'm saying about this injury yeah. fallacy at Penrith. There is no, it doesn't matter. Yeah, you just, you got someone there that can step up and do the same job. This is also the benefit again. It's not big noting, but watching these kids come through the juniors like we do. Well, we know, so yeah. When people go, oh, Azarko's a great winger. Azarko was a junior. 5'8", who was a physical freak, who was a goal kicker, a ball player, an exceptional talent, who will end up being a fullback. Yeah. He's the ideal modern-day fullback. He's a junior gun half who transitions through, becomes physically strong enough, good ball runner, good ball playing game, good kicking game. It ticks all the boxes. Well, I'll He'll tell be you, the first time I ran into Dallin was in 2010. Harold Matthews, he young, freak. and he was playing fullback. He's a freak. He played fullback the whole way through. Yeah. Dominic Coogan, I would like to see uh, the match committee take over all charges. The refs putting people on report can sensationalise things with the commentators giving their opinions on who is suspended and for how long. Thoughts? Oh, yeah, it seems like a convoluted process. Yeah, but in the game side of things, like you're saying, don't let them put them on report. And then just pin them afterwards. And then get them afterwards. But in the game, if obviously something happens that needs to be put on report or is a send-off or a sin-bin of offence at the time, like it's... Mm. It's, a, a, yeah, it's a murky one there But even the match committee doesn't get it right all the time either We've seen that in the past We've had Sam Burgess What get... are they saying? Charge them live Like you get your charge Take over all charges The match committee The refs putting people on report Can sensationalise things With commentators giving their opinions yeah. On who is suspended I disagree they, they still get to look at it And they can say no charge Yep and we saw that, that I don't mind the process Dagger Montoya, do you think Dale Finucane will ever play Origin? He would thrive in that arena, but has some pretty handy informed forwards in front of him. Yeah, massively. That have more eye-catching players. Well, I'm a storm man, and honestly, at the moment, Jaborovic or DeBellin or Finucane, no offense, Finucane's third in that queue. I'd have Merrin ahead of him. Playing at lock? Yeah. I'd maybe argue that one, but again, I think on the attack side of things, he offers more than Finucane does. Yes. Yeah, well, again, I said that Jackson was a lock, not a back row. I'd agree with that as well. Mm. I still think Finucane's an outstanding footballer. Um, but yeah, in that rep arena, I think attack-wise, he doesn't offer as much with the ball, with an offload or a pass, as a couple of those other guys do. Mm. So, great football, though. Tough as nails. Great for the culture down there. Player. Andrew Wales, really happy. Sharks fan, only missing Valentine Holmes on a six-game streak. Rabbits game will be interesting. Well, realistically, take out four players. They've still got a good forward pack, but if the Sharks are serious, they should get the job done. Yep, they Let, should. Let's be honest. They get Fafita back this week. Holmes out or not, they've had. you've got 12 million fullbacks in your side. They should win this week. My Sharkies should get the job well, done. Honestly, if the Sharks can't win this game on the weekend, Flanagan's got some serious considerations yep. moving forward. <laughs> Mike Winkley, there's a lot not to like at the moment with the NRL, ref blunders, bunker, etc. But in your opinion, what is the best site in the NRL at the moment? I'm not a Knights fan, but watching Ponga with ball in hand makes me watch the Knights game wherever possible. <sighs> I like. I thought the. I like the Panthers. I like the Dragons, and I like the Rabbitohs. I like watching South play to their edges because South, they're man. running different shapes, and I also like watching big men just mow people down. And the way the three Burgesses are playing at the moment, and seeing Cook just get out on the back of that, really excites me. Um, especially, I like watching the Panthers play because I like seeing giant human beings who defy science and look like they were produced in a lab, like Viliami Kikau, mm. moving the way he does, hopping around and then stepping and carrying people left, right, and center. And I like just people that look like they belong in jail, like James Fisher-Harris running and bashing people. So, um, And then you got the opposite of that, guys pretending to be footballers like Bryce Cartwright who just <laughs> tackles invisible people Boom. or lets people run past him. Embarrassing. Mm. 
We haven't covered enough of that. You haven't given your opinion on that. Bryce. You just let me go. Simple. He can't tackle. I don't need to say anymore. You're covering enough. What do you mean he, what do you mean he can't tackle? He doesn't try he to tackle. He didn't even fucking try to tackle. That's right. I've given up. As soon as he left Penner, if he went out there and Garth Brennan signed him, I said it. It'll be the end of his career if he keeps playing him. He'll be done before he even got started. Worst decision he made. Campbell Scott, something off the origin topic. Your thoughts on whether reducing interchange numbers will see raise numbers of HIAs and player welfare concerns? I personally think lowering interchange numbers would be detrimental to player welfare. By the stats, it would be because coaches dodge the fuck out of it. Yeah, that's why. Yeah, well, I don't think the game. They would use be, it on purpose. Why as would they the, Why do. would the game have more injuries for players under fatigue? Well, they're certainly fit enough. They train hard enough. The reason you maybe see... maybe it have more muscle strains, muscle pulls, and things like that they because they'd so be under weight. more fatigue. Yeah, but that's that's a that's a strength and conditioning problem. That's a training adaptation problem. Yeah, that's not a in game um, or welfare issue within the game, something within the rules. And let's be honest, we've already said it. The numbers aren't accurate because a lot of people still try to dodge it and at any these, chance they can uh, yeah, a lot to of get a free injuries, A lot of these injuries come from the fact that defences are fresh and they can wrestle the shit out of each other. You lower the interchanges, you're going to have more fatigue. There's going to be less... The defence will be less effective. Yep. I don't but again, they'll just adapt. The teams will adapt. Take two or three years, they'll all adapt. They'll get fitter, faster, stronger. They'll work out ways to slow the game down. Hmm. But again, those HIA numbers now are still well, a there, lot. There was a, there was a time on the weekend where Penrith took uh, like put the ball on the ground and just went back. They defended a couple of sets in a row. And look, I, I, I'm not, not pointing Penrith out here or bagging no, everyone's Penrith. Everyone's doing it. Everyone's doing it. But I was just like. We bitch and moan about the fact that there's no fatigue in the game, but yet we just allow blatantly allow teams to take a minute, it. two minutes, just to oh, we're going to have a little mothers com- committee, yeah, kick the ball out, and then we're going to play, which is fine. It's within the rules, and Penrith was smart for doing it. But for me, like you've got to look at the stuff within our game now that is controllable, things like that. Nut them out first, and then see what effect it has on the game. Hmm. No disagreement here. Mike Lawson, how do you think Munster and Hunt will go on the halves? Should New South Wales be worried? Also, do you think Bellamy will stay or go? They'll go good. Yeah, they'll be a perfect kind of pair, as long as they don't try and fight each other like they did in the Australian camp. So hopefully they iron out whatever issue that was. But for more reports, a few turny drinks, as uh, blokes tend to do. They were getting a bit chirpy all night, and they just decided to have a knuckle on. But apparently, <laughs> Ben Hunt threw the first one and then uh, regretted it afterwards, because apparently Munster can throw it down. So. Good. Good times. He learned off Curtis Scott. <laughs> dust it off and uh, they'll move on but yeah they're a good halves pairing they're the, the informed probably 6 and 7 of the comp other than you know Widop and obviously the Panthers halves the other guys that are playing against them probably so yeah. good uh, battle there Stuart Bork I'm stunned Bryce Cartwright and Jared Hayne weren't picked for origin New South Wales are stuffed without them lol bloody <laughs> work Stuart Joe Bradica <laughs> boys I'm a Knights fan I'm obviously biased but they have lost four in a row by Panthers, South, Sharks all top four teams Pierce will be back at round 18 versus the Eels after our buy round. Surely we can still give top eight a crack, or are we gone for this year? I'm happy with anything about 10th. Well, let's put it this way. I think you can make it, but I think it's a long shot. You're not 100% sure about round 18. You've got seven games left by then, or the buys are all done. Uh, you've got five wins at the moment. If you don't win any... Up well, but you, only the, get, you only get one buy this year. And... Yeah, but even again, Pierce is not going to come back. There's only 25 rounds. You get one bye. We've just got one split round. Yeah. So whoever doesn't, whoever plays this weekend mm-hmm. will have a bye in the following split round, and the players, the teams who got a bye this weekend will play in that round. Also, though, fresh off an injury, you don't come back and just start playing. He'll, he'll be football. back within two weeks, three weeks, I reckon. Well, again, I, I, I think it's too late. I think by then it'll be too late. Mm. And I don't think he's, he's not going to pick up from where he left off. Sorry to say. Yeah. 
He's not going to pick up from where he left off. I think it's too late, champ. I think they'll miss out. Matt Cherry, why is Bryce Cartwright such a coward? He couldn't tackle. <laughs> he couldn't tackle a big dinner. Do you think? <laughs> do you think he'd do well in the Super League? More space and opportunity to offload. Can't see him playing the NRL much. Well, longer. he's got no heart. And as Kerry Packer said, we'll get him a new heart then. Well, he's got a, a four-year contract. <laughs> he will be playing in the NRL for a bit longer. But like I said, well, not if someone's dumb enough to pick Garth up. Garth Brennan check. has taken him up there, put the contract on it, and like I said, this oh. is a big blight early on his coaching. So. Big questionnaire. It's like bloody getting engaged to a stripper. It was just never, ever going to end well, was it? Nope. Daniel Friend would love to hear how stoked Vaughn was when he heard the news. Did you boys speak to him? You well, did. I spoke to him. I yeah. seen him on Saturday after he played. We had dinner. Uh, me and a couple other boys that were in his bridal party. And, of course, he was stoked. He's playing Origin for New South Wales. And any footballer's dream, when you go through all the steps, is obviously to play grade and play rep football and if you're lucky enough to play one in our old game you're stoked but yeah. he's now well, you've got you've obviously got a tight connection with him I know yeah. him through you or whatever we, we can have a yarn and if I see him we say good day. but yeah. yeah I don't speak to him on a day to day basis I sent him a message to say congrats yeah. um, and I also sent one to Nathan, Nathan Cleary because you yeah. coached him at coached point, him for so. you know five years in a row there at Penrith and it's just fantastic to see someone who you've had that sort of relationship with through his period of development at such a, a developmental club and having known Ivan and now coaching at West Tigers where Ivan is and you know I just think uh, he's probably got to where he, where he is ahead of schedule or ahead of yeah. where anyone could have predicted him to move that quickly and he's playing great he's a good kid he works hard um, yeah and it's just 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 it's a nice thing it's the first first player I've ever you know I've been coaching for 11 years now it's the first player that I've ever coached or had any sort of relationship with for a long period of time or had, you know, you feel as though you've had a little bit to do with his journey mm. in terms of his development. And yeah, you know, there's a lot of coaches at Penrith that have had a relationship with Nathan and have coached him, etc. If, if I've played 1% of a role there or helped him out in 1% of a way to help him be the footballer he is, it's, it's just a nice thing to see kids, you know, achieve their dreams. That's what you want for every kid that comes into a mats or a ball or a 20s and you've got an involvement. You, you want to see them all do well yeah. and play origin. So... And That's the pinnacle, and mine's, uh, he, he deserves it. Mine's simple as this is a bloke, as you do, you meet people, school, work, football, that I met when I was playing 20s. I'm still friends with a few guys in 20s, but like most people in the adult, you don't stay in contact with everyone. This is yeah. one of my best friends, one yeah. of my best mates. Life, going to be a lifelong friend that I got out of that journey. I was lucky enough to still be friends well, with you a couple of guys. Well, like, you, you know you're mates with someone when you're on their bridal party. I was in his bridal party. Yeah. He's not just someone that yeah. I've met along the way I played football with. He's one of my best mates. So naturally, you want to see all your mates succeed regardless of what they do for work, yeah. life, uh, misses, like you want to see the best for everybody. And I'm happy that... But he's I'm, as genuine as a guy as you, you'll, well, that's why you'll meet, good fella... Humble, he works hard, yeah. he deserves his spot. And that's Regardless moment. of your relationship with him, I'll yeah. speak. It doesn't. I don't yeah. have a personal relationship with him, but I I've found him to be nothing but genuine, top bloke. Um, and that's why we down to earth. And I genuinely believe he deserves his spot there. I'm I'm glad they haven't picked Woods. Woods doesn't deserve his spot there. He no. didn't deserve his spot there last year. Vaughney should have been picked last year. I I tend to think Vaughney was playing better this time last year. I agree with that as well. And like I said, I'm his mate and I'm willing to say that. And yep. I've said it to him that I thought last year he obviously did have a better vein of form. He's a more known quantity to the competition now. He's in a pack that's dominating, yes. so he's probably not getting yep. as big a share of the pie, but his form is still better and warrants the selection that he got. Correct. So absolutely stoked when your mate succeed and uh, I hope he plays very well and 100%. holds that jersey for a long time, yes. hopefully. That's the main thing. 
Zach Prevera, is this the first year in 10 years that we've actually picked the right squad? Past year's always been three to six players either playing out of position or shouldn't have been picked at all. About time they picked Peachy at 14 as well. I love this side. This is a great side. I love it, yep. Great side. Stephen Moorcroft with Aaron Woods going on to the market. Which club can benefit most by getting him and or which coach could get the best out of him? None. I wouldn't buy him. Not, uh, for, not for his price tag. Oh, the, look, I think he's I think he's a first grader, yes. The but new, he is not a player that is worth 900 k full stop. No, nah, the Newcastle thing makes sense to me again, given their situation and if they could get the price they wanted. But I don't think the Bulldogs will let him go and pay 50% of the freight. So they're talking they're willing to give 400 If they got him for 400 great. But I do not think the Bulldogs will be willing to go, hold on a minute, even though it is their bad. It was a previous board. We've got this guy for 800 900 He's on a back-end deal that's going to keep going up. We're not paying half of it to walk him out the door after 12 games. I just wouldn't want him. No, I neither do I, but it, yeah, they're stuck And that's him. nothing personal against no, Aaron Woods. I just don't... I just don't... He's not the type of front row I want playing in my team. No. And on the market, they paid well over for him. And it was the previous coach, CEO, on board. This yeah. this cl- club now, people... You can't blame the board that's there now. They've picked up the mess. Yeah. Strasburg. Uh, Jay Strasburg. Do you think Croft or Jax is the future at Melbourne at seven the next couple of years? Jax doesn't look like a controller of a team, which I think we are missing. And Croft seemed to look flustered during the first few games. Would you persist with one of these guys, blood another rookie like Billy Walters or Cooper Johns, or look to buy a halfback? I like, um, I like Croft. I, I don't think it'll be long before you see Croft back. You can't flick Croft now off a handful of games transitioning from a halfback that's been there for over a decade in a side that's transitioning. He's got all the junior rep jerseys for a reason because he was the best halfback coming through in that group. Cooper Johns is a couple of years younger. He's not quite at the point that Croft was at this age, so no, he's not the answer. Billy Walters is an older guy who's played Queensland Cup and slowly got to the point where he's on the fringe of the Melbourne squad. I don't know if he's in the top 30 or he's even eligible at this point. And Jax, if he's going to be there, is only there for a couple of years because he's my age. He's 28 years old, so he's not going to play yeah. the next 10 years. The best option at this point in time is Croft. You're not going to flush a kid at 20 after a few up-and-down games in first grade. He will play first grade again. Will they look at another number seven, though? Yes, they will. But for now, I think their two best options, salary cap-wise and business decision-wise, are to stick with Jax with Munster because he's steady and he's affordable. And, he, and number one, he defends well as a half and keep working with Croft because Croft is still the answer at the moment long-term. You can't quit on him yet. Agree. Ben Nobes. Think Cameron Smith would move ever move to halfback to prolong his career, get him out of the middle. Also, can we get player ratings for this year's origin for you, boys? Yeah, we'll do some player ratings. We can right, do player right, ratings. Right, Could he move to halfback? Uh, in similar vein to what you said right there. No, I, I don't think he would. I don't think he would. I know he can play that role and he's done a good enough job there. Mind but... you, Brandon Smith's pretty good and that'd solve one of your halves problems. Yeah, I just don't see it happening. Again, it prolongs an issue. Yeah, no, I agree. You're going to have long term and he's not a ball runner. He's not going to run at seven. So right there, again, he's already got an X against him because you could basically just play off his passing game. He's not going to dig in a line. And yeah, he's out of the middle defensively, but he's going to get hit a lot more off the ball or hit on the ball which is not going to help him any better. Fair. Zach Maitland, what do you lads think of scheduling Origin in this year? Do you think they've got it right with a standalone week and the split buys? I like the changes. We'd like to see a standalone weekend full of rep games, Pacific Nations, New Zealand, England, juniors, women's, city, country, etc. Yeah, I agree. I like the changes. I think it's more correct than what it was. And if we can refine it from here, I think we're moving in the right direction. Yep. Rory Corrigan, strength and weaknesses for both uh, Origin sides. Well, next week we'll do in-depth. Not tonight. I think strengths. But New South Wales look strong in the forwards. I think Queensland look strong weak in, in the, the backs. I think one to seven, it's the opposite way around. If yeah. we beat them in the middle and stop them from getting to their halves and their outside backs, we're looking pretty good. But if yeah. we are 
even in the middle or can't hold the middle and give their outside we're backs no a chance, one. we're going to struggle. Because yeah. we've picked guys that could blow them off the park, but at the same time, they're a defensive risk. So we're basically banking by the looks of the way we picked our team off our forward pack, which looks exceptional on paper, but needs to deliver on the night. But yeah, more in depth next week on that side of things. Jack Package, did Ash Taylor commit representative suicide by re-signing with the Titans instead of the Bronx? Hard to say. At his this form, point... His form's not good enough, whether, regardless of what jersey he's playing in. People live off these flashes, though, on one pass. Watch him for 80 minutes. How much is he on the ball? Is he dictating terms? Is he getting the middle? Because as Brock says, most weeks I watch it, I'm not a Titans fan, he plays inside 20. Mm. He kicks at the end of your sets, and he plays inside 20. That's when he emerges. He's not in there barking orders, directing things around, trying to steer that ship. He's excited and happy to get involved when inside 20. Is he exceptional inside 20? Hell yes. He's got one of the best short-kicking games in the comp. He gets repeat sets, sets up tries, pass selection's good, but he needs to become an 80-minute player, stay involved in the game, and control that side. If he's in the Broncos, that'd be a lot easier because he'd be playing in a better team, let's be honest, yeah. and a better forward pack. I don't think he's committed representative suicide. He's only 21, 22 years old. He's got plenty of time. But I still think there's halves ahead of him. I like you. You're certainly not Jerry Evans' biggest fan, and you're willing to say the same thing. He'd play oh, Origin for me before Ash Taylor at this point. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, John Newbiner, the Sharks a massive chance again to take out the title. Too early to say. Uh, they're doing very well at the moment. I think they'll be a top four side, but there's more development needed. Sorry to say. And finishing off, Jordan Palmer has the Origin hype died for you boys ever since the 2014 series. I'm just not excited anymore since we won it. Oh, come on, mate. I disagree with you. If anything, we weren't excited when we won in 2014 because it was false circumstances. Cronk got injured. Hayne had an exceptional game and a half. The second game was a five-meter offside shit fight that was basically an A-grade game of football. And Trent Hodkinson, who hasn't run in five years of first grade, threw a dummy and scored a try. Like, I don't read much into that series. I wasn't really proud of that as a New South Welshman. And as soon as they got their team back for game three, they dismantled us again, and they've done the same the, the few years since. So... I yeah. want us to win this series. Uh, people saying already, oh, you know, those big players are gone for them and, and things have changed and it should be easiest to win now. Bullshit. They've still got one to seven, basically, have all played for Australia and a couple of forwards. We've blooded a completely new side. And what I touched on earlier, they debuted seven guys, eight guys last year, seven of which have still only a game or two in, three more this year, 11 debutants for us. It's a brand new era of origin for both teams. So I am excited because it's a change in the guard all over. Yeah. We're about to see a new period of struggle between New South Wales and Queensland for dominance. And hopefully it's a bit more even than what it has been for the last decade. That's been more hard to swallow than just 2014. Yeah. Boom. There you go. Fan questions. Massive. Uh, got through everything we needed to get through. Now we'll jump into our betting and tip segment, which is a bit shorter. Yeah. This week, box out only a couple of games uh, to get through on that side of things. And the betting the tips is obviously brought to you by the Pro Sports Syndicate, and the boys are certainly on fire. Boxhead, three weeks in a row now, running red hot. Uh, a couple of their bigger bets on the weekend, I think they nailed three out of the five that they put larger stakes on, uh, and they made another $440 profit. So they are $2,000 in profit for the year now. The profit margin is slowly rising. Killing it. Uh, as we said, anyone out there, if you look at your own tips or anyone's tips for the first, say, eight or nine weeks, it was a weird competition. Things are seesawing, yeah. but now that things have leveled out a little bit. Hey, we also had some sign-ups last week. People are starting to jump on board, which is good. Yeah, well, no surprise. Get on board. People are getting into the green. The results are starting to become a bit more steady. The tips are good. They're in the green the last three weeks in a row. Line bets have been good. A couple of the big stakes uh, this week, obviously, like I said, three weeks in a row. 
running red hot. So now's the time to jump on board. Remember that offer, $99 for your first month. And then uh, if you don't get a profit from your tips, which obviously at the moment you'd be running red hot just like they are, uh, you get your second month for free. There's no locking contracts. Cancel any time after that does revert to the $200 a month setup. Um, Yeah, they're running red hot as of the moment. And also we put up affiliate links from the boys at TPS. If you like having a punt and you're looking for a sign-up bonus, they obviously had one up, I think, the other night with us. Uh, for sports bet or crown bet or a couple of those ones right there, I think it was fifty dollar deposit. If you followed the link and you got two hundred fifty dollars free in bonus bets. So if you like us, we've obviously we like to get a new account every now and then huh. with different bookies and get yes, some bonus do. bets because we like punting yes, we on the football. But uh, yeah, those tips, as we said, exceptional. Getting into the green now, like everybody uh, else likes to do. But I'm having a look here: one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15. 15 bets uh, from the weekend in total. This is a various amount of things to score a try. Lines, second half things, time of tries, uh, line bets head-to-head. Out of 15, they got 10. Yeah. So 10 from 15. Profit margin the last three weeks, 2000 bucks, $2,072. And now they're 7% basically in profit. Bang. So they're getting red hot at the right time. Yeah. Now's the time to jump on board. Big thanks to the boys at the Pro Sports Syndicate. Look out for that. Get on board and look out for those sign-up links for the affiliates and their tip of the week, as they gave last week. South with their tip, uh, I think with the start or even maybe just head-to-head cover. I can't really remember. I bet they gave a hell of a lot of feedback and reasoning as to why that was their bet. It was a good tip. Oh, Clearly. Cracker tip. Man. So that and the bonus uh, bets and the money that you get for the sign-ups through their affiliate links. Keep your eyes out for both of those, but... Uh, the gossip, the tips brought to you thanks to the Pro Sports Syndicate. We get into the gossip from Mr. Gossip. And what we've got here is Corey Norman, what we talked about earlier. Surprise, surprise, uh, who it is that he says. He's being shopped around and the Raiders are leading the way. That relationship, <laughs> as I mentioned, Ricky Stewart, he's the one who got him there before he left. No surprise at all. Zero surprise, my friend. Uh, second one, as we already know, Aaron Woods. He's been linked to a couple of clubs, but the Tigers, although he's been one, are very unlikely. Bulldogs more than happy to let him go. Their cap is an absolute mess, and the Dogs fans should be blowing up, and they should mainly be angry at the previous administration. Correct. Not now. Ray Lancastle, Ray Dib, the board previously that gave Des Hazler the control of the salary cap to do what he did and the situation they now find themselves Amen, man. in. Uh, in the words of Tuvi, there needs to be an investigation, according to Mr. Gossip, because Bernie Sutton has handed origin to his brother. Yeah. So, well, uh, I don't pay a lot of attention to the referees, to be honest, like faces and names week to week, even though they do seem to play a big part with their whistle. Mm. Uh, but yeah, I guess some people may be bothered by that, some may not. I'm just hoping that whoever referees it doesn't ruin the game or get too involved. Correct, I agree. Let's hope so. And the last one here, he's saying that Gus Gould has taken to Twitter to answer speculation about... Nathan Cleary's contract and the chances apparently now are very good to excellent. So, as we said at the start, you can read into what you will, but if the situation was the coach uh, and the players aren't happy and the situation's not tenable and the results didn't end up going very well, well, then you could draw easy speculation that he would want to go play with his father. If things are going red hot, if there's a crop coming through like there is that he's all played with, young, fresh, vibrant, and going to be dominant for a long time, why would he leave? Yeah. But at the same time, you can't deny the fact that he probably does have a strong interest in playing with his father at some point. So yeah. it's still 12 months away before that decision happens. Whether the Panthers are confident or not right now, he said himself he's not going to talk to the end of the season. 
And let's put it this way. If they try to get him under market value, it's not going to happen. Nope. Now that he's especially going to be a rep footballer, Penrith are not going to be paying any less than at least, depending on third parties, 800 on the cap. Without third parties, they're going to be paying a million dollars as far as I'm concerned to keep Nathan Cleary. Yeah. And there's no way around it. And the last one, as everyone already knows, Moses and Boy will be leaving at the end of the year now. It's been announced this afternoon. Four-year deal with the Tigers. I think the Tigers have found a pretty bloody good fullback, to be honest, given the way they like to play their football. Brooks, Mbaya, Marshall, obviously not probably going to be a long-term option there, but Lola he's plugged in for a reasonable price for a short period of time. Doesn't look like he's the fit. Corey Thompson's done a solid job, but he's 28-29, does a good job on the wing. I think is a good buy for the Tigers and the style of football they like to play. Agree, man. So, Agree. there you go. That's the gossip. Jumping into the tips, brought to you by the Pro Sports Syndicate last week. Gossip got seven. Clawed back a few. We both got six uh, short and round this week, obviously affected by the origin period. And the first game we've got to kick off the round, the Manly Seagulls versus the Cowboys. Obviously, the Trebojevic brothers missing for Manly. Api Corusau returns at nine. Matt Wright moves into the fullback position. Sean Lane starts at lock with Frank Winnerstein in the back row. So there's the changes there. On the Cowboys side of things, fair reshuffle. Coote moves in. For Morgan, uh, Anari Tuala starts in the centres. Ben Hampton goes back to the bench. Scott was named, but he's obviously been suspended now. So uh, someone's going to have to come in from the reserves there. Sam Hall or Corey Jensen likely to start. And in the reserves, they've got Kane Lynette, Jake Clifford, the gun under 20s kid who was the player of the year last year, uh, and a couple of others. So looking up their side, I know the Harbs, Martin, Thurston, Granville, the spine's kind of there, but I'm looking at the forward pack in the backs. I'm not too sure I could back the Cowboys. I'm, I'm going to go Manly yeah, with the forward I'll pack. Yeah, I'll go Manly, no confidence. But, yeah, it's down here, which is another reason I'll probably lean towards Manly a little bit more. Mr. Gossip, he has gone the Cowboys, and the odds, Whoa. thanks to the Pro Sports Syndicate, $1.78 for Manly, two hundred five for the Cowboys, minus 1.5 is the line, 1-12 to 12 Manly, three ten, three thirty Cowboys, 13-plus Manly, three seventy-five, $5 for the Cowboys. South versus Cronulla. Cronulla only missing one player in Valentine Holmes. Fecky comes back in on the wing. How convenient. Uh, you know, bloke who's won a comp that comes back on your wing, who's been a little bit out of form or out of favour. They get Andrew Fafita back as well. Uh, I don't know about Wade Graham, whether he got passed on his judiciary. Did you see that one when you looked for Scott before? Either either. Luke Lewis and him are named in the back row right now. If he's out... No doubt, Bakuya slots in there. They bring Kurt Catwell into the bench. They've got enough depth in that situation. So, realistically, they're going to be unchanged. South side of things, big different story here. Johnston hasn't recovered from his injury. Inglis and Gagai are out. Uh, Braden Burns and Heimer Hunt come in to be the replacement centre pairing. They've got Adam Dwayhe moving back to fullback. Robbie Farah, Robbie Brad comes in to replace Damian Cook at nine. Burgess goes to the back row, so Murray can play lock. And a new look bench. Don't be surprised if number 18 in the reserves, Marwin Hiroti, who's an outstanding young fullback winger. No, nothing on Graham here. Gets a crack in the back line. But looking at this, South has still got a very strong lineup. I feel those guys will do a good job, and this won't be easy. But Sharks only missing one player and getting for feeder back. I'm tipping Cronulla. Cronulla. And Mr. Gossett. That's all I've got for you. Yep, nothing there. Mr. Gossett, he's also on board with the Sharkies, and they're a $1.66 favorite with the Pro Sports Syndicate. Two twenty-five for South. Minus three and a half the line. One to twelve sharks, three dollars, three fifty south, thirteen plus sharks, three forty, five fifty for south. The Eels versus Newcastle. Off what you've seen last week, not much to get excited about here. But as we said, Corey Norman out altogether, not in the squad. 
Bevan French goes to fullback. Josh Hoffman returns in his wing spot. Nathan Brown is in the reserves. Whether he plays or not, mm. a different story. For Newcastle, Nathan Ross is out injured. So Corey Dennis comes in to replace him in the centres. Ponga is named despite the head knocks. Jacob Lilliman starts at prop for SASA, who is suspended. Blood in the water. I think dropping Norman is massive. Uh, but SASA is their most reliable middle. Ponga copped a couple of knocks last week. Dennis coming in. They seem to be a little bit low on confidence. I'm going to tip the Eels to grab a win. Oh, I'll go Newcastle. Alrighty. Knights. Mr. Who did Newcastle lose? No one. Well, SASA got suspended. But apart from that, had his head knocks, and Nathan Ross is out because he's injured. Mm. Sad. Yeah, no, I'll, I'll go with. Yeah, well, Mr. Gossett, as he's done all year, he's tipped Parramatta again. I have as well. <laughs> with a pro sports syndicate, $1.56 are the Eels, two forty five the Knights. Minus four and a half is the line, one to twelve, three dollars for the Eels, three seventy five for Newcastle. Thirteen plus three dollars for the Eels, six dollars for Newcastle. And the last game of the round is the Roosters versus the Tigers. The Tigers have no origin players, so they are unaffected. Uh, in that situation, Jacob Little is out. He must be injured again. He's been struggling this year a little bit. I reckon he might have got the, f- might have got the flick. He's in, well. He's not in the squad altogether. He might have got the flick, my friend. So after his boo boos in the in the to start the game last week, he didn't have his greatest game. No, nah, that's a bit of an issue for them right now. He looked the long term option, but if they're not happy, they may have to look at. I think Josh Reynolds looked really good off the bench when he played nine, yeah, to be honest. Yeah, yeah. But he needs to obviously get minutes under his belt. Who's starting? So Elijah Taylor is the yeah. nine. Reynolds will get uh, a bigger share of the pie, I think, off the bench. Tim Grant has moved in to replace that role uh, with Little out of the side, and Matt Eisenhoof starts a lock. For the Roosters, they've got four in origin, Napa, Corden, Mitchell, and Tedesco. Blake Ferguson has moved to fullback. Daniel Tupo is back from his peck injury on the wing. Joseph Manu moves into the centres. Debutant, finally, a bloke that I've said the last few times, I'm surprised, hasn't had a game of the win. Matt Ikevalu from the Wyong Roos. He was in the New South Wales Cup team of the year last year. He's only 21, 22 years old. Mm. Uh, plays centre usually for them. He's quite good. Mm. Halves are intact. Uh, Victor Radley starts in the back row with Madison, who also returns. Frank Paul has been called onto the bench. So I'll tip... Uh, oh, man. I'll tip the Tigers. I'm on the Tigers as well. I think uh, even with a couple of those changes... They've been up and down. Take Mitchell out. Take those guys out. Tedesco, especially at the back, is the big one for me. Still haven't seen enough out of the halves uh, just yet. So I think it'll be close, and I think the Roosters want revenge. But Mr. Gossip, he's gone the Roosters, and they are the outsiders with the Pro Sports Syndicate. $2. eighty-three for the Tigers, minus 1.5 the line. $1 to 12 3 for the Tigers, three twenty for the Roosters, 13 plus. $5 for the Roosters, $4 for the Tigers. Ooh, there you go. So, we've all got a couple of different here. Gossip went Cowboys solo. Sharks were unanimous. Uh, I, You've gone, sorry, Newcastle solo. And Gossip went the Rooster solo. So, even though it is a short rounds, bit of a difference there. Absolutely, yeah. And Origin Preview, we will try to get next week's show up with the four games and the Origin Preview, hopefully by Monday afternoon if possible. So, you get a day or so, day and a half to listen to it before Origin on Wednesday in the Massive Clash. We'll get right in depth with our New South Wales and Queensland teams, what we think, where the game will be won, key points, etc., and all the usual stuff that we do. And subsequently, the review will be with the week after's show when we do that from the games following Origin and the Origin itself. Yeah. So there you go. 
massive show. We covered Ooh. a fair bit of content there. How long, my friend? Two ten. Ah. Usually we're around the two hour mark or just under. There's a little bit extra on top because we're talking had... a little bit extra shit tonight. Well, we got stuck into the uh, we did. the origin, especially the Bellamy Bennett thing. Big. Some good fan questions tonight too. Yeah. But big repercussions, I guess, in some of those set of six things with club yeah. situations and coaching and players. It's it's heating up at the right time of the year. Yeah. Plus the halfway point. Plenty now, going right? on. So. Plenty going on this time next week, man. Huge. Big thanks. Penrith Solar Centre. Remember, get on board with them. Jake and the boys mentioned the show. Pokerdeluxe.com.au if you're a club out there looking for a fundraiser. $100 off that one if you mention the podcast. $1,000 profit guarantee. Uh, the boys there do a great job. Paul and Adam. The Pan Boltmaster was in all his trades. If you're going to involved with the trade, total needs for any trade, he'll help you out. And the Pro Sports Syndicate. Charity bet. Thank you for them for coming on board this year. We've sign up. Got sign ups. Get sign on board. Up. $99 for your first month. Uh, there's also those affiliate links that we'll put up again this week with their tip of the round. Yep. They will get you a decent sign up deposit and some extra bonus bets. Last week, I forgot the agency, but it was $50 and two. Put 50 in, 250 extra bonus bets on top with your join-up. So, oh. Pro Sports Syndicate, massive thanks to uh, Will and Matt and the boys there and running red hot. 400 profit this week, 400 or so last week, 1,200 the week before, $2,000 profit in three weeks. They are professional punters for a reason. They are in the green and they look like they're going to keep trending that way. So, get on board while the streak is alive. Yeah. Boxhead, thanks as always. Look forward to, uh, you know... Origin coming up. Hopefully, this shortened round is you know half decent. And we get some tight games, but if not, pumped for a new generation oh. of New South Wales players next week and a new Queensland get me side as well. Down to the MCG and looking forward to State of Origin. <laughs> Everyone else, for now, enjoy your week and enjoy your rugby league. Bring it on! Give us more! Give us more! Where are you going? Where? What, 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 what's going on here? Is that it? Is that it? Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.